It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Usually make a difference for themselves at the top. And live a very extravagant life. And and I'm glad they can, but if you've got that kind of money, do some good also. Don't just see how much money you can keep making. I think they get addicted to making money. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I was watching a little bit on the 2008 financial crisis and some of those guys. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and we'd mention this another time. You know that stress and that anger on their faces. I mean, they're they're physically wearing themselves out. But you know what? Hey, Dave, I got an idea for uh, what we should start doing for the show. And maybe Mr. Trump will hear us. Maybe he won't. But we'll keep trying. What I think he ought to do to help us little guys out that don't have the you know billions of dollars. How's about a uh, tax hiatus? Everybody who's paid their taxes for the last, I'll say, five, ten years, you know, have done into the system. At least for the last administration, we'll, we'll flood, you know, carry over into the previous administration. But how's about no taxes, zero taxes for everybody that's hundred thousand and below? Maybe bump it up a little bit more because that's the bread and butter of this country. Those are your mom and pops. Those are your, you know, your small business owners. And maybe we'll go three hundred thousand. But let's put it out there: tax breaks, tax. Free. How's about we get a refund, a refund from the money? Because that's the problem. We're being taxed to death. We don't have that money to go out and make those positive, you know, uh, exchanges in the world. Whereas the people that are fraudulently taking it from us are going out, starting wars, killing, you know, half a million kids, and it's okay. No, 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 no. Anyway. Yeah, it's kind of kind of bad for our health. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're at that time of the show where we need to get ready to close up. We want to. Thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Hopefully we help you make good health decisions. Uh, we're here uh, at, at, at your blessing, and it is an honor and a privilege. We, may God bless you with health and happiness. And please don't be so worried about tomorrow that you forget to live today. So God bless you all. Thanks a lot for being here on American Voice Radio at Dr. Krupa's Natural Health Hour with Joe and myself and Frank. Thank you all and have a very nice evening. Seems the love I've known has always been the most destructive kind. Guess that's why now I feel so old before my time. Yesterday, when I was young, the taste of life was sweet as rain upon my tongue. I teased at life as if it were a foolish game. The way the evening breeze may tease a candle flame. The thousand dreams I dreamed, the splendid things I planned, I always built to last. Shun the naked light of day And only now I see How the years ran away Yesterday When I was young so- 
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Smoke Depot wishes you well. Locally owned and operated, we have all sorts of tobacco products. Come take advantage of our sale on vapor products up to 50% off. Thanks for listening to us on the Dot Green Show on ABRN, RER, Facebook, or YouTube. We are located at 1639 West Highway 290 in Fredericksburg. Like us on Facebook, Seha Smoke Depot in Fredericksburg, Texas. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. As you know, this is the final stage in your examination. It's a rather informal test in which we try to get some line on your ability to think on your feet. Your reaction to stress, pressure. Clear your desk. Get your number two pencil ready. If you are
are ready. The Inquisition is about to begin. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. If you have questions, please refer them to the chat room and make them good. Go ahead. Make my day.
And E just assumed that being a small Starbucks, it was probably a one-stall affair. So she finally waited till a, till a woman left and quickly got through the door before the next one. She went in there and discovered, wow, there's two stalls in here. Okay, great. And so she went in and uh, took care of her necessaries. It was then that she noticed there was a fellow, a man, in the booth next to her, in the stall next to her, spanking his monkey. And, of course, he'd been in there for some period of time doing that because she'd watched it for over an hour as one woman after another came into that restroom and took a seat next to him. This is wrong. She fled in terror. It's not what our women should be faced with, to have these sexually confused individuals, no matter how powerful their Democrat lobby is, it is wrong to force our women to have to deal with that sort of thing. And, of course, had I been down there, I'd have spanked his monkey for him. Only I'd have used something a little stronger. So Senate Bill number 6 is going to require that sexually confused people use the bathroom of their biological sex. In other words, the boys will have to use the boys' room and the girls will have to use the girls' room. Now, some of you out there are probably stressing right now saying, how could I do that? That is horrible to expect the boys to use the boys' room and the girls to use the girls' room. (sighs) Well, you're going to have to get in line because... All of the other snowflakes that are seeking special counseling now that Donald Trump has won the presidency, uh, they've sucked up almost all of the counseling for you, too. But this measure will also preempt local discrimination ordinances, which discriminate between those that are sound mind and body and understanding and and those uh, people that are sexually confused and, and a little mentally ill. In other words, the city of Houston can't have its own mentally ill ordinance to allow sexually confused people to use whichever restroom they feel like at that point in time of the day. Because with sexually confused people, that generally changes throughout the day uh, how they feel. So we're really glad that uh, Senate Bill uh, Number 6 is being brought. Uh, it's being brought by Lois Kolkhorst, a relatively new senator. This will be her second term. And it says a bill to be entitled an act and relating to regulations and policies for entering or using a bathroom or changing facility and authorizing a civil penalty and increasing criminal penalties. Now, how screwed up have we allowed our world to get that we even have to write such an act? That should tell you everything you need to know which is why I advocate the abolition of the public school system. The public school system has become an abomination. It's become the monster that's going to eat your child's brain. And no, your school system is not any better than any of the others. And that's why we have to have this, because in our public schools, they're not teaching them uh, to read. They're not teaching them mathematics. Uh, They're not teaching them spelling. That is absolutely certain. So the schools have become an indoctrination system, and I do recommend you see that movie, Indoctrination. Uh, There's a number of places you can get it. I, I expect you to find it and watch it and get it shown in your church. So anyway, we now have to have this bill, and it says, being enacted by the legislature of the state of Texas, Section 1, the heading to Chapter 250, Local Government Code, is amended 
to read as follows, chapter 250, miscellaneous regulatory authority, they struck of municipalities and counties, uh, section 250.008 is been, has been added. Regulations relating to certain bathroom or changing facilities is prohibited. For purposes of this section, bathrooms or changing facility means a facility where a person may be in a state of undress, including a restroom, locker room, changing room, or shower room. And B, a political subdivision may not adopt or enforce an order or an ordinance or any other measure that relates to the designation or the use of a private entity's bathroom or changing facility or that requires or prohibits the entity from adopting a policy on the designation or the use of the entity's bathroom or changing facility. And then down to section 271.909, consideration of certain policies prohibited. They added section B. Oh, in addition, they said, for the purposes of this section, bathroom or changing facility has the meaning assigned assigned by section 250. Oh, my God. You got to get lawyers to figure all this crap out to simply tell boys to stay the hell out of the girls' restroom. In awarding a contract for the purchase of goods or services, a political subdivision may not consider whether a private entity competing for that contract has adopted a policy regulating to the designation or the use of the entity's bathroom or changing facilities. In other words, you cannot consider whether or not common sense is involved in the use of the restrooms when you're awarding that contract. And then it goes down to section 769, public single-sex multiple occupancy bathrooms and changing facilities. Biological sex means the physical condition of either being a male or a female as stated on the person's birth certificate. Oh, my goodness. This is getting crazier and crazier. Boys are supposed to be boys and girls are supposed to be girls and they're supposed to act like such. And they are different. The institution of higher education has meaning assigned in section 61.03. Multiple occupancy bathrooms or changing facilities means a facility designed or, or designated for use by more than one person at a time, like the Starbucks, where a person may be in a state of undress or in the presence of another person regardless of whether the facility provides curtains or partial walls. The term includes restrooms, locker rooms, changing rooms, or shower rooms. Open enrollment charter school means a school that's been granted a charter under subchapter D, chapter 12, education code. Guys, I'm not even going to read the rest of this to you because this just shows you how screwed up our society is. We got to have 20 pages of documents to tell the boys to be boys and the girls to be boys, girls to be girls when they're using the restroom. So, all you girls out there that just happen to feel like you're the man of the house today, you still have to use the girls' restroom. And all of you guys out there that just happen to feel like uh, you're the lady-in-waiting, well, you have to use the guys' restroom. But grind out loud, how bad can it hurt you? Oh, I'm sorry if you're a guy and you're wearing a dress today in full makeup and you look like Mrs. Freaking Doubtfire. I'm sorry to hear that. In a case like that, you may end up using the women's restroom as long as you keep yourself to yourself. Nobody will probably even notice, and you'll be fine. 
You can be just like a lot of us guys were for years when we couldn't openly carry our firearm. Some things are better kept to yourself. Well, we wouldn't have to be doing this if we allowed the Bible to be taught in public schools, would we? What if we taught our children from day one, right is right and wrong is wrong, and it never changes? Because the schools, if you want to see what the explosion in uh, homosexual ideas on TV is about, it starts in the schools. It starts with schools that refuse to acknowledge the basics. It starts with schools that say, oh, no, you can't have that Charlie Brown Christmas poster on there because it mentions the Bible. And then somebody might read the Bible, and they might find out there is a God. And then they might start believing in that God. And then they might read the Ten Commandments and say, wow, there's a code of conduct. And then they might start adhering to that code of conduct. I mean, oh, then the whole world just goes crazy, right? You ever read the Ten Commandments? Pretty good stuff. Chances are, if you do your best to follow the Ten Commandments, you are going to be a model citizen. You are going to make the world a better place. You're going to leave a legacy that your family can be proud of. Well, that would be just a horrible thing, wouldn't it? People went around, started believing in God and acting like it. Gene Cernan, my recently departed astronaut friend, he was very clear. He said, I have seen the design. There is a God. Gene Cernan recognized that. You know why? Because he had a chance to study science, and when you study science, it bears out the obvious that there is a God. Now, I'll help you out and just tell you what his name is. His name is Yeshua. It is not Allah. No, his name is Yeshua. Translate that into English, and you get Jesus. Ultra simple. Try to make it that way. Allah is the moon god. Allah is actually no god at all. Allah is just another angel. They got sexually confused and began to think that he was God. You might know him as Mephistopheles, or you might know him as uh, one of his better names, Lucifer, the light bringer. You might know him like that, or you might just call him Satan. That is who Allah is. No God at all. And in the end, it's going to take one angel, one angel, probably Michael, it's going to sling a chain around that dude and cast him into the pit of fire where he will spend 1,000 years. And the world will be free of demonic influence for 1,000 years. And then the Bible tells us that he will be loosed again for a period of time and that even in this time where the, mankind has had 1,000 years to live under a benevolent dictatorship led by the Lord God, the creator of everything, Jesus Christ, a.k.a. Yeshua. The Bible says still one-third of mankind are going to choose to follow Satan as their God. And then in the final calling, all of them will be cast into the lake of fire. You can choose where you want to go. I, I know where I want to go. I think we'd be doing our students a service 
if this was taught in the public schools. That's basically what the Northwest Ordinance called for, for admission to the United States back in 1787. But the truth is, there's no saving the school system. School system must be necessarily abolished. And I know some things about Betsy DeVos, aside from the fact that she's extremely attractive. Um, I know some things that she has done that I don't necessarily approve of when it comes to public education. But one reason why I'm supporting Betsy DeVos right now is because the teachers' union has come out against her and said what a horrible person she is because of her desires to privatize education. And I said, whoo-hoo, Betsy DeVos, you go, girl. So I am absolutely supporting Betsy DeVos. But I do want to abolish the public school system, and that needs to become part of your lexicon, my friend, as a listener to the Amazing Doc Green Show. Go ahead, shake up some cages, rattle them a little bit, say, look, I want the public school system abolished, and then you tell them why. Because if you abolish the public school system and you give those tax dollars back to the people where they belong and allow people to choose their own private school, preferably a Catholic institution or a Jewish institution, certainly not a Muslim institution because we have to absolutely eradicate Islam from the United States. Islam is a political philosophy that believes in the killing of other men and women simply because they are not Muslims. So Islam has to be done away with. But choose your religious school or choose the home school. Today we have so many tools for homeschoolers. You can get a hold of Jude Dankworth up there in Fort Worth. She can help you out. She'll, she'll put you in touch with the right people. But today we have all sorts of things. We have sporting events for homeschoolers. We have field trips for homeschoolers. And we have subject matter experts for homeschoolers, SMEs for short. So if you want to bring in a subject matter expert and you want to collaborate with seven or eight or or, uh, ten other homeschool families, you can do this. You all share the cost, but bring in somebody that's very competent in that area. Meanwhile, teachers no longer having a job sucking the public tit, uh, teachers, on the other hand, depending on their quality, are going to be rehired by these private schools and some of these homeschool associations that are looking for subject matter experts. The very best of those teachers are going to become rock stars. And they're going to be getting salary offerings up in the $200,000 range from some of the best schools that are out there because the best schools want to be the best schools. And since it's a for-profit institution and they want to draw in the best students and they want to bring in the best possible tuition payment from that student, they're going to want to hire the best teachers and they're going to pay for good teachers because that becomes the draw. And the teachers that are lesser qualified are going to end up doing something, uh, you know, in food service or maybe get a job at UPS or, you know, something like that. And that's what's going to save America. So uh, before I head out for my first break, uh, let me remind you guys that a little later in the show today, uh, we are going to have Babette Holder. She got tied up yesterday with a uh, meeting, a conference call she has every Monday, and 
and she is an activist of the first order, but Babette Holder is going to be here at the top of the hour. Meanwhile, Travis County prosecutor is going to present evidence to the grand jury to seek an indictment against state rep Donna Dukes. Because of this grand jury hearing coming up, her constituents are beginning to worry about her ability to lead. So um, we're going to see what happens with that. I mean, we wish Donna Dukes all, all the best, but... On a rainy Sunday, a couple of days before the case against Dukes, the longtime rep of House District 46 was scheduled to get a grand jury hearing. Joe Frederick, age 57, asked the question with a laugh after getting his hair cut in Pflugerville. He said he'd been living there for three years since moving to Pflugerville from Dallas. And he reminisced about the days when commuting home from work took him 15 minutes instead of 30, and he expressed a windly hope that Donna Dukes, a Democrat, who had represented the district since 1995, could file bills this legislative session to regulate the city growth and to manage property taxes. He said, I'm afraid her time has come and gone. She's done some things for the district, but now she just looks pretty ineffective. And many in the district have expressed a similar concern that the ongoing criminal probe against Democrat Donna Dukes is going to create a problem. Former staffers have accused Donna Dukes of seeking reimbursement from the state for travel payments for personal travel. In February, the state auditors were investigating her use of state workers for personal projects. Well, she's a Democrat. What do you expect? You voted for a Democrat, you got a Democrat. She acts like a Democrat. Anyway, they presented her findings to Travis County District Attorney's Office, and Ms. Dukes was, of course, denied any wrongdoing, but the jury is scheduled to meet for an hour today, and it's unclear if they're going to hand down an indictment or request more time to consider whether they should pursue charges against her. But she covers Austin, Pflugerville, and the manor. Now, it's good that she covers Austin because Austin, Travis County, that's the home of the drunken DA, Rosemary Lushberg, Lindbergh, and uh, I, I'd say these two go together well. A couple of good Democrats in a good Democrat city. Meanwhile, uh, at the state capitol, Martin Luther King Day is, was celebrated yesterday, and Dukes declined to comment on that. Uh, she said, today is Martin Luther King Day, and I'm talking about Martin Luther King, and I'm here to represent the district. These are the only things that are going to be discussed today. So she didn't want to talk about it. But... Uh, at the Farmer's Market there on Mueller in East Austin, shoppers sampling food and dairy-free bur- dairy bourbon vanilla yogurt. Hmm. I don't really like bourbon, so I don't know if I'd like that. Some of you guys might. Pepper braised biscuit. That was good. Anyway, you get a glimpse into the racial, age, and socioeconomic diversity of Duke's district. The market also is a lens into some of the larger issues that our constituents worry about and are hoping that the uh, embattled lawmaker will tackle them this session. One lady, uh, Valerie Deo, said affordable housing options and senior support services are her top concerns. She's a real estate agent and longtime resident of East Austin and said that both issues are near and dear to her heart. After years of watching the area evolve and gentrify with the new housing developers, 
pushing and harassing black residents, probably because they're black, and elderly adults out of their home. People that used to live there don't live there no more because they can't. How can you not live in your neighborhood where you've been forever? Well, I'll tell you why. To quote one Austinite as she was weeping and crying and moaning before the city council. I voted for every public mode of transportation, every library, every improvement that you guys have brought up. I voted for all of them. And now my taxes are so high I can't afford to live here. I didn't know that I was going to have to pay for it. I thought somebody's going to, I thought Obama had paid for it out of his stash. I didn't know I was going to have to write that check. Yep. Yeah, that's that's what she said. So anyway, Deo said if uh, Donna Dukes could fix that, she'd vote for her again. Donna, by the way, spelled D-A-W-N-A, Don A. And suppose Don B. But uh, Deo said, yeah, I'd, I'd vote for her again if she can fix these problems. Well, how do you fix these problems? <clears throat> it's easy. You become a communist society. The government takes over everything. The government assigns you housing. The government gives you a food allotment, maybe in the form of a cube that will be delivered on a daily basis and an egg if you're special. And every day you will do your part for the government. Maybe get on some sort of a board like a treadmill and you'll walk that treadmill and generate electricity and then that'll be stored in the government electricity battery system and that'll be, you know, then dispensed. But that's how you'll earn your living every day. And uh, then every night you'll go back to your one-room apartment with uh, the restroom there and the public showers located just down the block. That's how you fix this problem. And just between you and me, I'm hoping Donna Dukes doesn't fix it. Anyway, Miss Dale said, look, everybody makes mistakes, but that doesn't change who Donna Dukes is or what she's trying to do because she's a good woman even though she's breaking the law. And just because she's trying to make a little money for herself on the side doesn't mean she's bad. She's a Democrat. It's a mistake. Democrats make mistakes. They make lots of them. And you just ignore them, Hillary Clinton. So, uh, meanwhile, two aisles over, Jeff Clark, 37, and Carolyn Wibblesman, 36, pushed their nine-month-old son in a stroller. And Clark said Duke's legal issues were problematic, but he did vote for her in November. He said, look, when a candidate election, it's more important to me to vote for a Democrat. Because I can't vote for no Republicans, Clark said. Wibblesman, an Austin native and two-year resident of House District 46, House District 46, Donna Duke's district, said she hopes that Donna Dukes will look at affordable housing, health care, environmental issues, education, and public transportation, because all these things should be free. She said, I'm opting to vote for whoever's going to make the city better and give us more free stuff, and that's usually a Democrat. Other constituents said they're open to voting for someone else, however, for Donna Dukes' seat in 2018, and one of those contenders might be Austin Mayor Pro Tem, Cheryl Cole, who said last week she'd run against Dukes in the 2018 primary. Meanwhile, for Frederick, there's always the comeback kid, even in politics, he said. Dukes needs to handle her legal problems, however, and try to absolve them as best she can. How effective can you be if you're busy mounting a defense and you're concerned about legal 
prosecution. He said, how are you going to do your job? I don't know. We're going to find out right after this break, though, on The Amazing Doc Green Show.
doctor is in. Oh, yeah, the doctor is in. And Trevor Gordon's in. Even better. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Doc, how are you? Good to hear your voice. Well, better than I deserve. I've been seeing you floating around out there. I've been seeing a little bit of political commentary coming out, but I hadn't actually heard from you for a while. Yes, sir. It's been a couple of weeks, just right after Christmas, I think. Uh, I'm out in West Texas again. and uh, uh, not my, hanging out uh, master, are you? He's not here yet. He's going to be here in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. So, yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, we uh, was on on debating uh, constitutional carry with uh, with uh, uh, someone yesterday, along with Jerry Patterson and and Dwayne Stovall. We were all in the same boat, but uh, yeah, it was great subject matter. Well, so um, yeah, Jerry Jerry Patterson. A lot of people don't realize he's really not a pro Second Amendment guy. I follow you. I follow you, and and you know, uh, and I got that in in his verbiage or or in his comments, um, but uh, yeah, he. Uh, needless to say, that that was part of he was part of the uh, the uh, uh, the dialogue that was going on yesterday. Well, he's uh, you know a lot of people think with well, the guy that wrote the concealed carry legislation surely must be pro Second Amendment, but I've interviewed him at length a couple of times and. He finally admitted that uh, he thinks there needs to be limits on uh, the population as to what type of guns they can have and uh, potentially how many they can have. But he said absolutely somebody should not be allowed to have a a large weapon like a bazooka or an army tank because they might get mad at their neighbor and blow them away. (laughs) You know, uh, a well-formulated militia to uh to fight against tyranny and if you need you know and, and it kind of you know it's kind of uh you might call me crazy but if you need a tank to fight against tanks then then why not well that's the way i look at it i mean the way we won the american revolution trevor gordon because we were as well armed as the british regulars were that's how it was in those days. And the reason why the wise writers of the Second Amendment, when they said a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, there are no, there are no unimportant words in that statement, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And what that literally means is if you can afford to own an F-A-10 Warthog and fully arm that thing with Sidewinder missiles, well, you should be able to. And the truth is, no one out there, yourself or myself or the aforementioned Baker Master or my good buddy Barry there in the chat room, uh, no one is in danger if you have fully automatic 50 caliber machine guns and Sidewinder missiles. The only people that would even need I agree. to you would be a tyrannical government. I agree, Doc. If there are any infringements on the Second Amendment, any whatsoever, then, uh, you know, we, we, we need to be concerned about that. Well, we should. I've always referred to gun laws as the uh, OSHA uh, regulations to support criminals and tyrants. Sometimes there's no difference between the two. But I was trying to explain that to a lady the other day, a very pro-gun lady. In fact, she runs a little pro-gun uh, operation, and I was having a little trouble getting her to see uh, my point that since it's against the law to kill people, and since it's against a lot of steal their stuff, what good are gun laws? 
It's already against the law to do damage to someone. What difference does it make if you use a gun, a knife, or a frying pan? I mean, the laws are still there. Your your thoughts, Trevor Gordon? The laws that need to be in place are are those laws in which uh, the the lawbreakers when when if you're not allowed if you if you have a felony conviction or if you have uh, uh, um, a weapon those are the laws that need to be in place nothing infringing on our second amendment rights whatsoever so uh, you got any thoughts Trevor Gordon I mean uh, you you're kind of a political guy you you uh, know a little bit about the process you actually ran for office uh, how do we get the government to repeal all of these unconstitutional gun laws that we have? Well, I think, first of all, in the state of Texas, uh, Section uh, 23 needs to be uh, readdressed. Uh, and that's where the legislation can, can place um, uh, uh, restrictions on ammo and guns in the state of Texas. So we need to definitely uh, address that. I believe is the way they they put they worded it in there. Right, right. So I I think that's by far the the first step that we need to uh, to take. Now, uh, in regards because, and I think states were were smart, or at least some legislators that were against the Second Amendment. They were they were smart and they put that that those laws into place so that you know if we if we still had um, if the Second Amendment or open carry uh, or constitutional carry ha- is passed this year the legislation still has an opportunity to place restrictions which w- technically is un- unconstitutional. Yeah, it says shall not infringe, and anything that makes it more difficult for you to have something would be an infringement. It should it should just totally be eliminated, and then once again go back to the fact that it's already against a lot of kill people. It's already against a lot of steal our stuff. What other laws do we need in that respect? We don't need any, none whatsoever, and and uh, the truth. Is you know uh, the the attorney general you know she she uh, she and and a few other kooks were were calling for martial law and by, oh, that's I'll so tell you so if, love martial law <laughs> right if martial law had been instituted before you know even within the next couple of days or actually today or tomorrow before uh, the inauguration of uh, uh, our our next forty fifth. President uh, Donald Woo-hoo. Trump, then <laughs> then it would give an opportunity for tyranny against the people. So which would which where our Second Amendment comes in into play, where we need to be able to defend ourselves against that tyranny. Well, if we don't have the proper weapons, we can't defend ourselves against this tyranny. And let's face it, even if I could legally right now own an F.A. 10 Warthog, Assuming I could learn to fly that thing, I have enough trouble with a Cessna or a Piper, by the way. But assuming I could <laughs> learn to fly that thing, uh, I couldn't afford it. I can't. I couldn't put that thing in the air for 15 minutes. I I couldn't afford it. But there are people that can, and uh, they should not be restricted from having one. 
Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And the fight must go on. Uh, despite the fact that Dan Patrick is not a constitutional carry advocate, and it is uh, constitutional carry is one of our, our, our priorities that, that we um, established at the, uh, the state convention for, uh, for Texas. Now, if it's yeah, a priority. Yeah, it's in the platform, Dan. It's in the platform, Dan. Exactly, exactly. Now, I, 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 I'm not proud of it, but I get his newsletter. Yeah. His newsletter listed the legislative priorities for uh, this session. Well, it didn't include all of the republic uh, uh, the uh, the state priorities that we established at the uh, state convention, and I, so I, I sent an email, and I don't I don't suspect that that I'll get a uh, response, but uh, this is absurd that something has already been established by the people, and you won't follow it. For weeks, for weeks, he's been saying. Uh, I don't think we'll have the votes. I don't think we'll have the votes. So uh, he's indicated early on that he wasn't going to put it to vote. I think we need a roll call vote in regards to this priority. Well, what this really comes down to for Lieutenant Dan, and I did get to talk to him about this uh, at the precinct chair Christmas party, is that you got to decide if you're a leader or a follower. You got to decide if the fact that tens of thousands of Texans put their time and their treasure into creating what is the Texas Republican Party platform, you got to decide does that have any value? And if indeed it does, and it certainly should, because those are the workers, those are the movers and the shakers here in Texas. And if it has any value, you should honor that. And Dan Patrick, as a leader, I would expect you to not be bragging about the fact that you just want to go to simple shooter registration, which is what he wants to do. Uh, he wants every shooter in, a, in uh, Texas to register, but he loves them enough to remove the fees. So yeah, that's a simple appeasement on his part. That I mean, is that's nothing more than a, an appeasement. You know, anyone that I know that has a, or a Texas uh, uh, license to carry or formerly the concealed carry license, no one is complaining about the price because yeah. we want to exercise our right, even though now there's a tax on it, uh, to, to uh, keep and bear arms. And that's exactly what we want to do. I think somewhere, and I, I can't tell you chapter and verse where it is, but it says something about turning a a uh, right into a privilege and then charging for it. Exactly, and that's exactly what they've done. And they're, now legislators are concerned about the money or the funds, the revenue <laughs> from this. this uh, so there are many legislators that are going to be against that. You know, when, when, uh, legislators, legislators have, have funds to do with whatever they plan to do with, they don't want to lose those. So that's why I think that many legislators will fight against this and vote against it. Well, I, I, uh, I'm always concerned about that. I think I talked about it a little bit yesterday, but money is what it's all about. And the reason why most of these legislators show up every year in uh, in the state house has nothing to do with restoring your God-given rights. It has nothing to do with uh, 
uh, getting things done for Texas has everything to do with dividing up the mountain of money. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I, I noticed, and it, I can take, you can take the, the vote for the speaker. There are many legislators, newly elected and, and uh, reelected, that, uh, that uh, voiced their disdain and displeasure with Joe Strauss. Did you watch that vote? 150 to zero. What does yes, that tell you? And I talked to a couple of the guys. Of course, I, I don't know if you listen to the Apostle Claver lately, but he is he is exercised about it. Let me put it that way. Uh, but I talked to them, and they all said, well, nobody was running because nobody had the guts to run against Joe Strauss because they know what a, what a uh, fearful enemy he can be. And since nobody was running, they decided, well, why poke the bear and then not get any legislation passed? But I ask you, Trevor Gordon, can you negotiate with evil? No, absolutely not. You fight against it, and you fight uh, relentlessly against evil. So if you can't negotiate with evil then, and you do have to fight against it, where were the fighters? Because Jonathan Stickland, who's always been one of my heroes, I've been very concerned about that, but he didn't fight it. Um, we got the new guy up there, Kyle uh, Biederman, a great guy for sure, but Kyle Biederman didn't fight it. So, um, well, we all know, we, we know all know that that people, we all know that these these legislators, especially the freshmen, they want to be appointed to great committees, and I, I think it's a very sad state of mind to think that uh, I should vote for this individual so that I can be on a uh, a good committee. Yeah, and that's exactly and, what they're trying to get. But once again, I, I can tell you, I know Joe Strauss. Let me tell you how Joe Strauss works. Uh, what Joe Strauss is going to do is he's going to appoint all of his favorite minions again to the best committee positions. That includes guys like Lord Byron Cook, uh, who is involved in a definite, unethical, uh, badly managed election where 1,777 more voters than are registered in the county cast votes. Uh, that's the kind of guys Joe Strauss is going to go for. And that's what he's going to do. And that's just the way he always does it. And I can assure you that no really good conservative legislation is going to emerge from this uh, this legislative session. Uh, I, I hope you're, uh, you, you're you can argue You're, right. Well, you're absolutely right. And uh, along with that, um, I can't remember the guy's name, the, the guy that handles the calendar. You know, he kind of blew the whistle uh, about a week ago on on uh, uh, legislators. You know, and, and I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase it. He said, when you submit a bill and you come to me and ask me not to calendar it, it's, it's the, the bill is killed. And yep. these are people and that, you can blame these are, people me that are willing to. Right. Then you can blame me for it. <clears throat> well, he's saying, hey, I'll take the heat. Nothing will happen to me. You're answering to your constituents. So and, and these people now now think about this. A legislator who has has received X amount of votes and has beat his opponent. And now he's he's representing a, a certain district and and all the people in this district. They are concerned about X, Y and Z. 
and he says, okay, so you're concerned about X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to write this bill, or I'm going to uh, someone else has written this bill, and I'm going to place that forward uh, so that it can make it on the floor to a vote. And th- they present that to him. I-, I think the guy's last name is Tucker, I believe, or, or-, or something of that nature. Turner, Tucker. Turner. And he, and no, so wait a minute. That's Turner. Turner over there. I don't know. Let me so see if I can they find in- it. Right. They, in turn, go to him after they've submitted the bill and say, hey, uh, don't calendar this bill. So now they've appeased their 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 constituents and they go back and say hey i submitted the bill we wrote the bill or x uh, this person wrote the bill we submitted it but it was killed it was never uh it wasn't uh considered yeah so what happens is they say oh i'm a fighter i'm a fighter and i'm talking about i'm talking to uh all the other representatives about this and and we're really trying to push this but they're lying to their constituents that, and that's been going on for years and years. I mean, it used to be they had the thing called the Rosebush Bill. You're familiar with that probably. And, and the deal with that was they had to vote whether or not to move the Rosebush out in front of the uh, the state house. And uh, depending on whether that passed or failed, then they would move on to the legislation. We will give Dan Patrick credit for getting rid of that and for removing the need for essentially a supermajority to begin to uh, deliberate on anything. But once again, they've come up with other ways to get around this. And they put uh, Symphronia Thompson, a communist with a 30-year record, in charge of the local calendars committee. And uh, that's the committee that, uh, that votes on uh, local legislation for, like, Harris County and Travis County and all of those. Uh, to make sure that no conservative legislation makes it out of there. This is who Joe Strauss is. And that's why I believe somebody should have fought this guy, and nobody did. I agree. And now I think um, I I can't remember how many new representatives we had this this, uh, session uh, or this uh, cycle. Uh, But if these people were, if they had the guts to run, they should have the guts to get together and talk about putting up a speaker uh, or someone to run against Joe Strauss's speaker. Uh, there are other people that, that uh, are qualified and I think would do a great job, but you have to uh, collaborate with those of like minds. Now, if you get, if you're, if you're elected, newly elected or reelected, and you're not planning on, on uh, making waves, you shouldn't have run in the first place. Agreed. Agreed. You should have had the uh, you should have either stayed out or had the guts or the courage of your conviction. But uh, just just go up there. I I don't know. I don't have words for it. Well, anyway, uh, Trevor, I, agree. I appreciate I you you coming in here today. Uh, are you at liberty to talk about your project? Uh, not yet. Uh, we, we've actually got a, uh, a mission statement together, and uh, a lot of it, I'll tell you, has a lot to do with the, the uh, Texas Constitution and uh, the state of, of the, the conservative party, if you will, or the, uh, the, uh, the, the problems that we're having. But uh, it'll, it'll come around soon. Well, we look forward to hearing from it. Meanwhile, guys. The world is on fire, and uh, Raging Elephants Radio and the Amazing Doc Green Show are trying to do something about it. So, hope you guys will spread the I word look- to your friends and get involved. What you were saying there? 
Thanks so much. I'm really looking forward to hearing about that holder. I haven't spoken with her or text with her for uh, for quite a while, and I'm looking forward to hearing her voice. Well, she's going to be on. In fact, she's going to be on now every Tuesday. We worked around her scheduling issue, and uh, she's going to be on every Tuesday. And, of course, she is Eric Holder's cousin. So uh, she's been (laughs) – really, she is. And uh, she's been heavily involved in uh, conservative politics up there in Illinois for some time. uh, As a black female conservative, I want to make sure her voice gets heard here, Trevor. Definitely, and she is a huge contrast, uh, for those that don't know Babette, she's a huge contrast uh, uh, from uh, uh, Eric Holder. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no questions. She said she's the black sheep of the family. She's going to be up here. <laughs> I know. She's going to be up I'll, here. I'll be sure block. to listen in. Here's a little music Thanks, for you, Gary.
TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at thedamngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all the patriots you know. Do it now. Hello, I'm Gary Wilcox with Pet Floors of Houston. We specialize in luxury vinyl tile installations for your home or your office. We sell a high-performance floor that is perfect for anyone who has dogs or cats or is trying to get a floor that just looks beautiful without nearly the maintenance that other floors have. It's a heavy-duty commercial PVC product. It looks like wood or stone or tile. This is a floor choice that you find major retailers have in their stores or intimate cafe or even your fast food restaurants. The adhesive that we use is waterproof. The product is waterproof, and so therefore, you can use a bleach water solution, clean it right up, and you're back to normal. It doesn't hold any odor, it's realistic, it's hygienic, it's affordable, and there's no click, click, click noise on it when you walk on this floor. It's just amazing. We've been in this house for about eight years, and we've had some hardwood floors down. And it was really one of those things where they were looking worn and needed to be refinished, and we were really looking for an alternative. We found Gary with cut floors, and he came out and measured. And the measurement process went very easily, and when it came to installation time, they came out here, did a fine job. The installers were great. The service has been great ever since. I love my new floors. They're great, extremely durable, and they just look beautiful. From a cleaning standpoint, from an overall care standpoint, you don't even have to think about what you're doing. It, it, there's no special care. It, it's really nice. We actually have a mobile showroom, so I can come out to your home or office at a time that's convenient for you, and I can show you the samples that would look right in your home. I can even help you make decisions and coach you through this. It's not like I've done this one or two times, but I've done it many, many times. So give me a phone call, and I'm happy to come out there. I do estimates for you right there on the spot, and it's all free of charge. Ben, Ted Floor of Houston, TedFloor.com. Stand by. Licensed to carry gun instructors are excellent at getting you qualified for state licensing where licenses are required. However, when it comes to legal defense with a gun or any weapon, you may want to do your own research and discover your options. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on civil and criminal appeals, legal expenses, court costs, bail, time lost from work, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Our members never come out of pocket for itemized benefits. We are not a reimbursement or insurance service. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You know what the doctor is in. The Strawberry Alarm Clock, by the way, is going to be doing a concert in Santa Barbara, California on March the 18th and 19th. It's going to be their 50th anniversary show, and they're reconstituting the entire band, so I am told, and it should be just a boatload of fun uh, if you happen to like them. That was the name of the band, by the way, that uh, that I just played, Strawberry Alarm Clock. Uh, kudos to Barry for figuring out who it was. Uh, they were formed back in 1960. 
67. And uh, one, of, one of my favorite bands from the era. So that was Ed King on lead guitar, uh, Michael Luciano on vocals, Lee Freeman on rhythm. And uh, great, great lineup. Well, meanwhile, speaking of great lineups, on the Newsmaker line, I have none other than Babette Holder from the frozen Northland of Chicago. How are you, Babette? Hey, Doc. I'm doing good. It's not too bad here, actually. It's almost a balmy 36 degrees today. <laughs> it's not freezing anymore. <laughs> well, Babette, I, I wanted to get you on here. There's a lot of things I wanted to talk with you about, but you are an activist, and uh, you're with the Frederick Douglass Society. Is that right? Yes, the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Foundation. Um, I'm with their national organization president leader here in um, Illinois. Excellent. Or as I say, ill is the noise. <laughs> well, we know the truth of that. I got to spend some time up there and find out some of the stuff that's going on. But I got some really sad news for you, I bet. Uh, Joaquin Castro, I don't know if you know who he is. He's former mayor of San Antonio. And uh, he was involved in a lot of uh, HUD fraud and stuff like that, so they put him in charge of it. And uh, my local rep, Al Green, not the one that sings and dances, uh, just just the local rep, they're not going to Donald Trump's inauguration. Heartbreaking. Oh, boy, just so heartbreaking. Listen, I bet that inauguration doesn't need any more um, acts at it. It's, it's <laughs> going to be a great party from what I'm hearing, the balls and so forth. No doubt if you could get a ticket to go to it. And that was the good news. I understand some 40 Democrats are not going now. But that opened up 40 tickets for people that would like to go there. So maybe some of my brethren in the uh, mighty Texas strike force that went up to Wisconsin and claimed Wisconsin for Donald Trump. Maybe some of my friends can get in now. Yeah, that'd be great if they could go. They would. They actually deserve a ticket, you know, when you think about it. I hope someone from Trump's um Team hears that and get those guys into that gala as well as the actual inauguration swearing in. Well, that's what we're hoping for. So we are now on the verge of a new day, and I'm celebrating today because today is the last Tuesday that Barack Obama will ever be president in the United States. Every day this week is going to be a great day, Doc. And I have to agree with you. But how many farewells can one president have? <laughs> yeah, I heard he nipped in and had a little press conference today. He's still trying to remain relevant on some level. Well, he. I, I also heard they announced, I guess today was supposed to be Ernest's last press briefing that he held. So he jumped in over there. And then, you know, Friday he was here back in Illinois in Chicago at the uh, McCormick Convention Center to give his big farewell from where it all began. In the meantime, chaos and mayhem is going on in those communities and neighborhoods where he was supposed to be the great community organizer. Well, you would know that because you just happen to live in Chicago. So uh, what is the Obama legacy of Chicago? Well, the Obama legacy of Chicago is that we ended a year that had more homicides than New York and Los Angeles combined. Ooh. Think about that. That's terrible. 
I, in Los Angeles and New York, we had more combined, mind you, Chicago. That's a horrible legacy. And a lot of those shootings occur over in the area where Barack Obama was a community organizer. But he has this great homecoming as far away from those communities that you can get in the city at the big convention center because goodness knows can't take it back home to the real area that made your name. <laughs> well, of course, uh, the interesting thing most people don't know is when uh, Barack and St. Obama ran for uh, the Senate uh, there in your area, he actually got in on a technicality. Um, he uh, got one guy disqualified off the uh, from the ballot, I think, and that was how he ended up getting in there. Was, uh, well, you know that's that, a, right? that is a Chicago. Um, you know that's the way they do the politics. Oh. You know, I don't want to say game. You know, practice. You know, they go after the opponents, look for everything you can, get them disqualified, challenge the signatures on the petitions. The Democrats are good for that. But, you know, he, of course, was the chosen one, the golden child for the Democrat Party. So, um, yeah, that they were going to make sure he was going to get put through. And then he sat in the Illinois state legislation, legislative body, and he had more not envies, they call them, no votes yeah. than anyone I have ever seen. Well, he wanted to make sure he did not have a track record that anybody could use against him when he ran for president 18 months later. Exactly. You know, don't leave anything that he can be. He did put his name down to co-sponsor legislation, but by golly, he couldn't even vote on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, well, that's how we got Valerie Jarrett as president. So, uh for anybody who doesn't know who Valerie Jarrett is out there, uh, she is uh, Brock's handler. Right, the Valley Valerie Jarrett. I have I have to tell you, Doc. I have a great mem for that, and you know it, it <laughs> probably needs to be expanded. It would take up your whole computer screen. Literally, it's called the Six Degrees of Valerie Jarrett. Oh, really? And it shows you the power of this woman and whom she's made. And, and and actually, it looks like she brokered some marriages. You know, she actually, I you know, a few occasions credited herself for putting Barack and Michelle together. Well, I I don't doubt it. Um, she works for George Soros. That's who signs her check, and she has been heavily involved in the grooming of Barack Obama and making this all happen. She visits the White House more than any single person over the last eight years. And she is the one that I'm told actually did all of the negotiating with Iran on the uh, on the Iran uh, atomic deal. Well, that is her background. That, I mean, her heritage. That's part of her heritage. Heritage. She is, I believe, Iranian. She is. Her she family has also had there. some very um, high-profile marriages. Uh, she's, you know, married into media at one point. Big publishers. And so she's got that media. I mean, I don't know if Soros pays her or if she just, you know, because she does have the the wealth behind her name as well herself. 
she's a powerful woman in Chicago. And you know David Axelrod is from here, too. Yeah. The Chicago yeah, machine so is famous. It, it, you know, when you're talking about the Democrat boot camp training ground and financing <laughs> um, city, that would be Chicago. Wow. Well, I can't imagine living there. Now, I did enjoy my time in Chicago, but I was staying in a nice hotel in a nice part of town, and we went to nice restaurants. So I didn't get to see the, the seedier side of Chicago, but... Uh, I do have uh, you and a couple of other friends that used to live there, so I know it's pretty tough up there. The good news is, I mean, you mentioned this horrible murder problem. The good news is, in spite of the Sinaloa drug cartel having more foot soldiers in Chicago than there are police officers, uh, Barack Obama's Injustice Department did a thorough study of this, and they've determined that the problem with crime in Chicago is the cops. Yeah, and, and well, you know that was Loretta Lynch's parting shot. Um, you know, she gives a parting shot and fires at the CPD, which is Chicago Police Department. And um, it, I'm telling you, you, you they would did this investigation. They started it months ago, and she released that document what last week, yes. I believe, late mid last week. And, you know, talking about the blatant racism, the lack of training. Now, we know no department is perfect. None of the, you know, they got no. multiple police precincts and stations and so forth. And it looks like they had to scour the bowels of the Internet and some of these police officers' social media to put that in the report as well. But it was interesting because if you notice our ex-top cop, uh, Gary McCarthy, he was in the press saying, you know, and I find it interesting that they didn't bother to call me and ask me my opinion and, and uh-huh. anything going on from when he was a part of that police force. And he has said multiple times in the news and on Fox News, we are handcuffed a lot, which, you know, the ACLU already has them in handcuffs oh, yeah. here. Yeah, and Gary, yeah, Gary so, McCarthy was, uh, he was top cop there for quite a while. And uh, Yeah, he was for quite a while. Now we have the um, Eddie Johnson, but McCarthy came in, um, I believe he came from New Jersey. And then we get him in Chicago. Uh, he came in at first, you know, with the tough on the crime, and they complained about that and the stops and the frisk. So, you know, Barack's favorite little Chicago boy, the mayor, Ron Emanuel, uh, put an end to that. He took police officers off the streets, even the undercover and the ones who were familiar in those communities with all the crime so that he can shuffle money around to the CTU, which is the Chicago Teachers Union, and I'm sure many of your listeners, you all are very familiar with Karen Lewis. You've seen that Certainly. face yes. in the media. Karen Lewis of the, I assume she's probably somewhere near $300,000 a year as a Teachers Union president. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, well, she, sure she can live lovely, and she doesn't have to live in those neighborhoods that she uses those those children and parents all the time to advocate where all the crime and these children have to walk a safe zone to go to school every day, which really isn't safe for them. 
And you got, you know, like McCarthy, you know, now he's talking more about hands being tied at the time and so forth with the police. I tell you, Doc, they do more finger pointing than solving anything in that city. Well, McCarthy, of course, uh, came from uh, actually New York City, and he worked under uh, Rudy Giuliani. And uh, then in 2006, he, uh, he went over to New Jersey, which is where the Jersey thing came from. And uh, he was chosen over there by uh, Mayor Cory Booker, who will also be boycotting the uh, inauguration. But he was hired by uh, Rahm Emanuel uh, back in 2011. And when he was the top cop, uh, the murders in Chicago declined. They went down under his administration. And so that would be a good trend. So I I don't know why, why they got rid of him. I mean, what what happened here? I I I can't find the uh, I can't find out how that happened. Actually, they went down, like I said, because he came in. He was using the tough on crime tactics, and then you know all heck blew up. You know, Chicago's home for a lot of activists. Yeah, there's a lot of organizations. There's a lot of these community. Um, activists there. They don't like outsiders to come in. They handle their city, which in a way, I guess, is a good thing, which is why you've never seen the crazy rioting and looting yet in the city of Chicago, because the Chicago activists chased off, actually, some of the others that tried to come in from Ferguson and so forth. They said, you're not from here. But at any rate, he got tied, and that's when we saw the crime going up. Well, yeah, and not, it's a spiral because Eddie Johnson, I think he's only been on the job for what a year or two at the most. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, Laquan McDonald. That shooting is what got uh, got uh, McCarthy out of there, and um, but and I don't know all the facts. You can correct me, but it said that uh, the uh, young man that he shot was actually about 10 feet away from Officer Jason Van Dyke and in the possession of a knife. Now, I don't know what possession of a knife necessarily means, but I do know this. A knife-wielding bandit uh, can cover 20 feet in 1.5 seconds. So, uh, in other you know, words, I saw faster that than you video, can draw that, your weapon. I, that was, I'm sorry. Well, I was just pointing out that if he's 20 feet away, a knife-wielding victim can, a knife-wielding assailant can be on you faster than you can draw your weapon in most cases. But go ahead, tell, tell me what happened from your standpoint, please. Well, I saw the video because, you know, I don't like watching those videos, but in this instance, I I had to watch that one. Um, it, he was actually away from the, like, walking away. So he was 20 feet past the um, officer's car. The thing about it is he had had a knife. People called. There was a call because he was slashing tires. That that Laquan McDonald looked like he was high on something. I'm going to be honest. Mm. He had some chemical or something very disturbed. Um, He went to go away from them, and that's when they shot him, when he was shot by the one officer. Um, and that's why the huge uproar, because it, when you watch the video, he's away from the officer. Now, they said he turned and came back towards them. 
Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, it's dark, the video, and so forth. It's not as clear. And if you're someone like me, you know, I'm, I've kind of got one eye closed. I'm squinting. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you never know what happens. You know, I don't go see horror movies or anything. And, and that's me. me. And that's yeah. just me. So anything was possible. What got him more fired, so I'll be honest, Doc, was the uproar over the fact that, um, and this I believe now, this is not to go back on you and your show. This is my own statement and opinion. There was a lot of outpouring because of the fact that the video one wasn't released and all the details from it. I remember and it was that suppressed now. for a long time. And I believe Ron Emanuel, because they were calling for his firing, if you remember as well. Well, and I think Ron Emanuel ought to step down. <laughs> Ron Emanuel needs, needs to just step down. I don't think he's doing a service to the city of Chicago. I was just reading into this. I, I quite frankly, had not really studied the case, but it turns out that this young man uh, was born to a 15-year-old girl who was also in foster care at the time. So this kid had a lot of stuff stacked against him coming into it, and then he had uh, gotten involved with uh, drugs and gangs and uh, had a lot of problems. Uh, it's sad. It's That's really That's usually sad. the case over there. The drugs, the gangs, the, um, you know, a lot of the activists in there say that there's a lot of people who have mental health issues. They're not getting treatments. They're not on their medication. Um, it, it, and it just the sheer poverty. Yeah. Um, what people don't realize is Chicago is one of the most segregated cities there is. Mm. Uh, just by the planning of it. And it's stayed that way, you know, and I always, you know, when you get caught in that poverty trap, because I always wonder, why didn't you just move in or move out? And you realize some of those folks own homes that were in their families for two, three, four generations. Wow. And there's just no way to get out of that trap you're in. And who wants to buy your home? Man, well, that's it. That's the other thing. Who do you sell your house to? But it, uh, I'm looking over this kid's bio, and, and he started selling drugs when he was 12. His father was already in prison, and uh, this is, I mean, you yeah. know, he just grew up in a horrible environment, and uh, there, there appears to be no way for, for young men in that environment to really emerge from that unless God himself chooses to bring them out. Uh, so let me ask yeah, you the hard question. they're in an oasis, and 12 is actually late. You know, we have them, they have them as young as 9, 10 years old. Um, you know, they're mules, they're runners. So, you know, because what are they going to catch? But a juvie case. The gangs notice. Yeah. So and, and you can't break a kid. You can't really interrogate, you know, because of the the laws and protections. You can't interrogate a child, and they... These kids learn early. Snitching can get you as a big hurt. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, because those guys don't take it favorably. So right now, as I mentioned earlier, the Sinaloa drug cartel has more foot soldiers than the Chicago Police Department has police. Uh, so Babette Holder, uh, I'm going to go ahead and appoint you mayor of Chicago. <laughs> um, what are you going to do, Mayor Holder? Well, first thing I want to do is get a hold of Eddie Johnson's, our new top cops, watch list. He always refers to, yes, they were on our watch list. And the press, and I always think, 
well, how long are we going to watch them? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just round them up? What are we watching for? I know you have to have probable cause, but we know that these people on that watch list are constantly giving some probable cause. But as I said, the police now are scared of the lawsuits, losing their jobs, and their homes being targeted. You remember that story, Doc, about that woman police officer just last year, like right between the two holidays, and she got her head pounded in the ground in yes. Chicago yes. and she refused to shoot that man? Yeah, because she's afraid she, of a lawsuit. And so she, she's yeah, probably got she permanent brain damage. of the targeting and the backlash. Yeah, so she's probably got permanent ga- uh, permanent brain damage now because she was afraid to defend herself. Something's wrong with that. That's right. Yep, and her boss took to the media and press, and he said, you know, this is sad. The officers are scared because, and she had told him in the hospital, I remember reading the details, that she was scared of them coming after her, and she has a family. And I said to myself, this is when you know that the criminals are now in charge. Yeah, well, I believe that's the case. So, I mean, how do we turn this thing around? Because if you look at the number of people being killed in Chicago, uh, we abandoned Iraq for fewer people being killed in the war zone than Chicago happens every weekend. And you've probably seen the meme where they lay out all the statistics and, uh, and say it was time to get out, and then you realize it's Chicago, Illinois. You know, it is a talk. They have constant meeting summits, interviews. Um, a lot of them think that it, everything I hear at the end of it requires pouring more money, is what they say, into these areas and communities. I start thinking how much more money. I get it. Many of those areas, they're living in oasis, but that still doesn't. And there's great citizens in those neighborhoods. Don't get me wrong. Wonderful people. Should I have family? My thing is, is how much more money? Because every time you give them a youth center, it's taken over by the gangs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they go right to it like it's some type of, like we have a military recruiting, you know, locations and, and, and offices. That's what they look at those as. Now, how much more money? But they're saying that, you know, they need money for and jobs. So, you know, this is why I'm saying give Trump a chance. You want jobs? Well, do you think jobs at this point? I'm sorry, Doc. Go ahead. At this point, do you think jobs are going to make the difference? I mean, when I was up there with you in Chicago, uh, courtesy of Freedom Works, one of the uh, uh, state legislators that came and spoke to us said, the problem is like here in the prisons, we teach guys how to cut hair, right? And then they get out. Can they go get a job cutting hair? No, because they won't allow felons to join the union, and haircutting is a union job in Chicago. Well, that or they won't allow them to get the license. You know, Chicago license, well, Illinois. Illinois, because we always talk about Chicago like it's the state, but it might as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where all the people are. And my, my good right. buddy Barry in the chat room, he is, he is formerly uh, from uh, the Chicago area, actually Gary, but uh, close enough to Chicago, right? Hey, that's close enough. But, yeah, the state of Illinois requires a license for so many things. 
it is outrageous and the fees. And yeah, a lot of those licenses, it says when you apply, no, they won't allow you to get a license if you have a felon. So they can't even get past that first part, let alone the union. So, uh, Mayor Holder, what is what is the next step? I mean, what 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 are we going to do to solve this problem in Chicago? Because right now, crime is out of control. The very fact that the Sinaloa drug cartel has that many people in Chicago bothers me. But hey, DFW's Sinaloa drug cartel's got offices at Dallas Fort Worth Airport. So, well, my first thing is I want to close the borders, so to say, in Chicago. And I know they don't like that, but you know. Huge sanctuary city, and they just flow on up in here. And ISIS hands are tied. So illegal illegal immigration is a problem even for Chicago. Illegal immigration is part of the big problem too. And I'm going to sound like Trump on this, but part of the big problem that we have with drugs, uh, gun running into the city and all sorts of other illegal activities that go on in this in that city. Uh, and, you know, what was that? What was his name? El Chapo. Remember yeah. El Chapo? Yeah. He said, that's my city. He was telling Ron Emanuel, you're not the, the mayor. I'm the mayor of Chicago from prison. Uh, oh, man, but, you know, he may have been telling the truth. That's the worst part of it. He was telling the truth. He was, he's like you, you talking about those foot soldiers? Yeah. A lot of those are his on those streets. That is the problem. So we've got to get rid of the drug cartel Chicago. The only way you're going to do that is if you get a righteous guy as the police chief. And then, like my buddy Barry said, how about letting the cops just do their job, you know, uh, without fear of reprisal? Now, I don't, I don't like bad policing, and I've been tough on cops on my show. Um, but nonetheless, you've got to have some law and order somewhere. And if you don't put a stop to it, we've seen Rudy Giuliani. He cleaned up New York City by simply stopping a lot of the small infractions. Like uh, if you break a window in a building, you get arrested. That had been allowed to go on. And when he took over from... Uh, uh, General Dinkins there in New York City, he turned the crime situation in New York City completely around. Uh, you do it by good law enforcement. And Oh, I agree with you, but they call that the tough on crime. We have a lot of plea bargains. Um, you know, they don't want mandatory minimums. They don't want this or that. There's plea bargain, plea bargain, plea bargain. And, it's, and the big guys are the ones to get out faster than their smaller um, low-level little foot soldiers, but the big ones, the, the main dealers search. You know why? Because every time they knock out someone in their crew, they get reduced time. And that's how it goes. Oh, I talked to one. He told me. Wow. So while everyone else is serving like a seven to ten-year sentence, he's out in four or five, if not sooner. Well, Ray Myers brought up something else. Uh, you know, if you could rearm the people in Chicago, too. And, of course, that's my answer for the uh, Florida terror situation and everything else. The government created this problem by disarming honest Americans. And I'll ask uh, your opinion on this, Bad Bad Holder, but in my opinion, it's against the law to kill people. It's against the law to steal their stuff. So what value is a gun law? 
Exactly. Exactly. And then Chicago and Illinois have made it so difficult to conceal and carry here, Doc. I, I, I can't even keep it straight. You're more scared to conceal and carry in this state than to not to be without your protection. Because if you're caught, and, it, and I think they're stiffer on those of us who are permit licensed firearm holders than the criminals. Yeah. But the criminals and are so always going to have guns. A lot of us are like, well, where do we, what's, what's the purpose, too, when it's got to be locked in this and locked over here? Can't take it on the train, can't take it on the bus, can't walk down the street, can't go in the retail store, can't go in the church, cannot be anywhere on any type of education institute's um, property while you're concealing carry. So I, it's just to the point, it, it's like, well, what's the purpose? Well, I agree with you on all of those things, and that's why I am for the total elimination and abolition of all restrictive gun laws. When you do that, when you arm the citizen, all of a sudden thieves and other crooks, they may want your stuff, but they don't want to get hurt getting it. And so if they think they're going to become damaged by getting your stuff, they'll go do something easier. They don't want to get hurt. Yeah, they think twice about it. And remember, too, Chicago, a couple of years ago, or three, they instituted that new rule. And it, of course, made the national press. Don't call us if your garage is getting broken into or your car. I mean, of course, if they're breaking in your home and you're in there. But remember that? you hearing about that? Because there wasn't enough police officers. So you can sit in your house, be in your upstairs window, and watch them just loading the stuff up out of your garage, you know, most Chicago streets and they have alleys and the garages are on the alley. And and there's you can't call the police, you can't protect your property. Goodness knows if you happen to be in that garage or near it when they decide that they want to burglarize you and, and maybe even harm you. Well the And people wonder why we stay here. I guess we just like to live on the edge. <laughs> You're just a glutton for punishment. That's what you are, Babette Holder. Well, well, you know, Doc, I don't know. I might be bored in a red state. You know, what What am I going to advocate for? <laughs> oh, trust me, we're in a red state, and uh, we got plenty of problems here in Texas. I am supporting Texas independence, but that doesn't solve all of the problems we have here in Texas. I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I agree. You know, Jesse Jackson's enough... Every time he gets in front of a mic, I actually start packing a bag. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear what he said um, Monday evening on MLK Day? Well, I heard uh, him he mumbling. Was... I got to be honest. I couldn't understand a word he said. I was trying. <laughs> I couldn't understand a word he said. He was speaking in Detroit. You know, you know his, his rainbow push or operations or whatever yeah. they call it now hosted an event in Chicago, but yet now he's in Detroit. And he his main statement and his main speech was about Trump. And he said, Trump won't succeed in taking us back. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, help me, Jesus. I'm telling you. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I Look, in my personal opinion, I think Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, 
and uh, and and John Lewis need to get off the stage uh, because we're ever going to repair race relations in America. The first thing we have to do is quit paying attention to what color you are and start uh, as Martin Luther King so, himself said, looking at the content of character. And that's the only thing that matters to me. Nothing, nothing else matters. You know what? I absolutely agree with you. Unfortunately, we cannot get these, you know, these folks who march so that they can be identified as a man and a woman and not based on their skin color who are now continuing, what, 50 years later with the skin color narrative. From Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and now we got John Lewis. Well, the way I look at it is pretty much any city in America, and I'm going to include uh, all of the major cities here in Texas, uh, if we don't have a black mayor, we just had one, and or we're going to have one on the next legislative cycle. Uh, the police chiefs are almost all black. All of the fire chiefs are black. Uh, there is no more skin color uh, barrier to any job or any position in America. So I think it's now it's time to we just look at economics. And as you mentioned in Chicago, jobs are the problem up there. We just need to restore our economy and start getting jobs. And until we do that, a lot of this is not going to get fixed. No, and we need jobs for the youth, the teenagers. You know, one year, well, they do it almost every year. The big news was in 2015 for 2016 that they had created 10,000 jobs in the inner city for the dreamers. Yeah. Specifically dreamers. Then they go and boast in the press that they got 1,000 jobs for the inner city black youth. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really, and I'm thinking if I was BLM, I'd be protesting right now in the streets for that. That day. they always talk about inequality and these disparities and so forth. You ten thousand jobs that summer. And that's not a lot of jobs when you look at the number of youth, but guaranteed jobs for dreamers and a thousand summer jobs. This this was just majorly through the city. Now, I know there's good organizations over there and churches and communities that tries to put together, you know, they can scrape up some jobs and so forth through their contacts and people who sit on their boards. But when the city goes in the media and says, I was I was angry. I, I, I I'm still angry. Can you tell? It triggered me, Doc. It triggered me. It's a it's a macroaggression, as they say. They like to say microaggression. That was a macroaggression for me. Well, I appreciate everything that you are doing up there, Babette, and and you're making a statement and you're standing strong. I would like to think that uh, Chicago could be saved. In fact, I think what they ought to do is open up uh, maybe a firearms manufacturing plant down there on the south side of Chicago and. And, uh, you know, put, put some of those guys to work. And once you get enough hands in the, enough guns in the hands of honest citizens in Chicago, the crime rate necessarily must drop. So before I go to break, you got anything else you want to add to that? I think we need to start with the unions to add to that because the unions, too, keep people from working. Yeah, well, a union is something else that I think has uh, sort of outlived its usefulness. 
And they, and I agree. And there's some good unions, and then there's these others that I, you know, what good are they doing for their for the people for work? And the, then they have their favorites. So, you know, right to work is not here in Illinois. I'll tell you that much, and not in the city of Chicago. Well, at least we have that in Texas. We got that little bit going for us. Well, I got to hit this break. Uh, Babette Holder from Chicago. Thank you so much for taking time to uh, to come down here and be on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me, Doc. You're welcome. We're going to be right back after these messages. on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beatty did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beatty set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan may be the answer you've 
we've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210 210- 8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. The doctor is in. Well, you know what the doctor is in right here on Raising Elephants Radio, AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Don't forget, AmericanVoiceRadio.com archives these shows. So if you miss one, you can go there. You can also go to my YouTube channel where they're archived. You can get us on TuneIn Radio on the free app there, A-V-R-N, on TuneIn Radio. You can get my uh, 1030 show every day at Raging Elephants Radio by using the Raging Elephants Radio app. And, uh, of course, right here on YouTube, where we're also live every day. You know, it's a shame that uh, Joaquin Castro, the bastard mayor of uh, San Antonio, uh, really is a bastard in the classic sense. That is, his mom uh, never knew who the father was. Um, And Representative Al Green, they're not going to go to Donald Trump's inauguration. You got John Lewis up there. you know, he's a, allegedly a civil rights icon. What he is, he's a, he's a black racist. Uh, he believes that black people are a superior race, and you cannot uh, support any kind of a white man. That's who John Lewis is. So uh, he did add that he will be in Washington, though, to greet constituents in town for the event. That means he's too lazy to fly back to his district in Atlanta this time. Uh, Joaquin Castro's twin brother, U.S. Housing and Urban Development Secretary Hooligan Castro, said he won't be attending the inauguration either. Uh, he's got some organized crime uh, issues that he's got to deal with. That is, uh, they've got to decide who's going to run the different outfits and how the money's going to be divided up, most likely. That's, I'm just guessing. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just telling you what it looks like. Anyway, uh, Al Green, of course, a local Houston Democrat, said he's not going to go. And uh, he said, uh, my response is Dr. King was right when he indicated on some issues cowardice asked the question, is it safe? How stupid is this guy? How stupid are all of these liberals? First of all, right now, if you want to see raw racism, you've got to look at a guy like Al Sharpton. You want to see raw racism, you got to look at a guy named Jesse Jackson. You want to see raw racism, you got to look at a guy named John Lewis. These guys are racist. They're racist of the first magnitude. In fact, the only real racism that still exists today is in the black community. It is a shame. They ain't come to my church on a Sunday. A lot of black folks up in there, and I like it that way, and, and I, I love them. A lot of them are my friends and frequent guests to my home. I just don't think the color of skin makes, makes any difference at all. But unfortunately, the politics of racism is still a big moneymaker for certain segments of the population. Now, I think that Jesse Jackson... And John Lewis and Al Sharpton, I think that they have outlived their usefulness. I think that they should do their people, that is the black people, a favor 
and go home. If I'm king, we remove the race block on every government form. We make it illegal to put the race block on a government form. There's no no sense in it being there. Color of skin no longer means anything. What does mean something is the content of your character. Are you a good person? Are you a good guy? That's what means something. So people like Babette Holder, that she should be one of the leaders of the, quote, black uh, interest group. Uh, the Apostle Claver T. Kamau Imani, Raging Elephants Radio. As I pointed out to Fox 26 the other day, they had some guy on there to talk Texas politics who didn't know his, his belt from a shoelace. And I, I uh, after I heard the guy talking about what's going on in the Texas State House. I sent uh, D'Artagnan Babel, the uh, station manager over there, I sent him a text and said, hey, man, you know, next time you need somebody, if it's got to be a black man, call the Apostle Claver T. Kamau Imani because he knows more about Texas politics than anyone. Uh, I did not get an answer to that text. We'll see. But uh, Henry Cuellar of Laredo Vincente Gonzalez of McAllen and Gene Green, not related, of Houston. They are going. Gonzalez said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I've accepted the reality. Donald Trump's going to be the president. The rhetoric needs to stop. At this point, we have a duty to get back to work. Yes. Thank you. Vincente Gonzalez of McAllen. Trump's transition team, of course, brushed off the inaugural no-shows, as they should have, saying the festivities still show that Trump plans to be a president for all Americans. But it really ticks me off that some of the members of the Texas Strike Force can't get a ticket to the inauguration. That irks me. (laughs) Yeah, uh... Barry, Barry said, uh, he said, uh, Al Sharp or, or Jesse Jackson, he's got to be able to buy a new suit. How's he going to buy a new suit if there's no racial issues to deal with, right? So, uh, anyway. Yeah, Barry, two cameras. I am uptown. I am uptown. So, uh, we keep trying to improve the uh, video sh- uh, part of this show. But uh, Ray Myers in there. Ray Myers is the... Uh, captain of the uh, Kaufman County Tea Party. He's a great guy, a really smart guy, and a mover and a shaker. And you want to know why Wisconsin went red? Why Wisconsin voted Republican for the first time since 1984? Look no further than Ray Myers, the guy that was the captain of that ship that loaded up all of us Republicans from Texas. And we spent two days driving up there, five days on the ground, two days driving back with the mighty Texas strike force. Yeah, Ray Myers, he's the guy that made all that happen. Hadn't it been for Ray, well, it quite frankly would not have happened. But Ray did it. He got us up there and made it happen. So um, all you racists out there that are uh, trying to denigrate Donald Trump, I'm saying give it up. Become an American. Let's get together and work for something good. Meanwhile, a Border Patrol agent's murder trial begins this week. 
I covered this when it first happened, but a lot of you guys are new. Uh, the uh, murder case that started back in 2015 when they found a headless body floating off the South Padre Island. And the trial of two men charged in that case, one of them was a U.S. Border Patrol agent and his Mexican-born brother, and it starts today in South Texas. Uh, Joel Luna goes on trial this week where he faces capital murder in this case. They charged Luna, his two brothers, and two other associates in the 2015 beheading of Jose Francisco Palacios Paz, better known as Frankie Palacios, and they killed him because he knew more than he should have known. They didn't like it. I love, you know, Paz, that's uh, Spanish for peace, I believe. So, uh, yeah, well, I guess Jose's at peace now. The eldest of the Luna brothers, Fernando, pled guilty in August. Let me say that again. Fernando pled guilty in August to a single drug possession charge and is expected to testify against his siblings. Younger brother, Eduardo Luna of Reynosa, Mexico, described in court papers as a Mexican cartel comandante, will be tried alongside his Border Patrol agent brother. Eduardo and Joel Luna have pled not guilty to all of these charges. Jury selection is set to start today, and State District Judge Benjamin Uresti is signaled to trial that it will begin immediately after jury selection. Cameron County Assistant DA Gus Garza said he's confident he'll be able to demonstrate that both Joel Luna, that'd be Joel Luna, and his brothers were part of a criminal organization that Frankie Palacios was on the verge of ratting out. Oh, my. The state alleges that this group, the brothers, were conducting a criminal enterprise of moving drugs, selling drugs, and later on we also learned they were moving weapons, and Frankie was going to snitch on them. So in order to silence him and not have their enterprise disclosed, they had to kill him. Joel Luna's lawyer, Carlos A. Garcia, has said that the prosecutors are employing a guilt-by-association strategy against his client, who is also an Iraq War veteran. He said if there was a criminal enterprise, that criminal enterprise did not include Joel Luna. Joel Luna dedicated his life to serving his country, protecting our border, and until the state of Texas, specifically the Cameron County DA, found it in their infinite wisdom to arrest him, he was an innocent man. And he may be. I got to tell you, uh, Cameron County, man, they are corrupt down there. They got a lot of issues. Anyway, the case began back in March of 2015 when they found the body. They quickly matched the fingerprints. And uh, Frankie Palacios, a Honduran national who worked at the Veterans Tire Shop in Edinburgh, one county over. And that's where they believe uh, Frankie Palacios was killed, was in that tire shop. Investigators later found a black safe at Joel Luna's mother-in-law's house that contained a trove of documents and contraband, about 90000 in cash, a decade, excuse me, a kilogram of cocaine, 17 grams of meth, a scale, measuring spoons, and a ledger documenting narcotics and firearm sales. That could have been for his own personal use. Anyway, they found Joel Luna's commemorative Border Patrol badge and a gold-plated 38 Super Pistol, a model frequently used by cartel assassins, stamped with 
the Cartel del Golfo. That would be a golf cartel on one side and the word pajaro on the other, or bird. And some of you guys may have recalled me uh, covering this story because I thought it was fabulously interesting. Eduardo Luna's cartel nickname was pajaro, the bird. And according to court documents, that's what was embossed on the handle. Eduardo Luna's lawyer declined to comment. Joel Luna denied knowledge of the safe, but the authorities found evidence that he had bought it and kept it at his house, and they have records to prove that. I don't know, man. It ain't looking too good for Joel. Joel, it ain't looking good for you, Joel. I don't know. So, um, anyway... The allegations against Luna have added to concerns about law enforcement corruption on the U.S.-Mexico border. A joint investigation by the Tribune and revealed from the Center of Investigative Reporting has identified at least 140 officials who were arrested or convicted for acts of corruption that allegedly compromised their mission to stop crime and keep the nation secure. Which brings me to the arrest of Nacho a uh, Border Patrol agent, only he got arrested for shooting a drug dealer in the butt who was trying to escape back across the border. True levels of corruption within uh, uh, Border Patrol are not known, a Homeland Insecurity Advisory Council wrote last year, and that means pockets of corruption could fester potentially for years. So, I don't know. But I do know this, there are a lot of people that would like to go to the inauguration, and they're not going to get to because there just are no tickets. I was hoping with all these Democrats deciding not to go that maybe that would open it up for them. Such is not the case. Um, John Goff said he was speaking at a gun club in eastern Maryland, and a guy comes up to me and tells me he worked on the president's limo. Who knows if that's true or not? But he said, I don't trust the last administration for sure. I ran into uh, people who worked on his limo, and it seems like the guy was from Iran. What the heck is going on in D.C.? Yeah, well, yeah, we need American jobs here. We need Americans to go back to work. That's, I mean, just the long and short of it. That That is the case. So... Um, I think I'm going to bow out of here with a little bit of music for you, a new version of a song that some of you probably know. I wouldn't have no luck at 
political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. Gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you are listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host Alfred Addis to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2017. Good afternoon, Al. Hello, Melody. Well, we have Greg Hunter joining us this afternoon uh, for the program. About 4:10, right after the market reports. So uh, he always brings a little bit of excitement uh, to the program, and we always enjoy having him join us. So there was pressure on the markets today, but uh, nice day for gold. We're looking at another 12.80 for gold to the upside at $1,216.40. It's only off the high of about a buck, so not so bad. So 12.80 for gold. Uh, twelve hundred and sixteen forty silver up uh point three eight at seventeen twenty six 
Platinum was down eight nine hundred and seventy eight, and Palladium was up four at seven hundred and fifty two dollars. The USDX today a lot of pressure on that one point two five at one hundred point three five, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that right before um, Greg Hunter, and mainly due to a Trump comment and uh, with Davos the Davos meeting uh, started today. Everyone's talking about the dollar cannot be strong. The dollar has to become weaker. And so we see it today down 1.25 at 100.35. Crude oil was up 10 cents today at 52.47. And there was some pressure on the paper markets uh, today. And let me go ahead and get that. It looks like the Dow was down 50 59 points, 19,826. The Nasdaq was down 35 at 55.38. The S&P was down 6 at 22.67. And let's see, what else are we looking at that's interesting? The euro, of course, was stronger, 0.99 at 107. 10-year yield, 2.33%, um, 0.05. And uh, Japan was down big. London was down big. Germany, not so much. Hong Kong, not so much. So uh, uh, both uh, London and Germany, uh, London and Japan were down one and a half percent. And the uh, the fear needle and the fear and greed is down to 59. So that continues um, to set a, tr a lower uh, trend into the fear factor. So all eyes are focused on uh, Davos this, this year. Uh, you have the Chinese uh, president uh, with a huge delegation uh, going over there, and he gave his speech. You know, I don't know if he gave it yesterday, yesterday or today, but uh, certainly you have the president-elect uh, said that the U.S. currency is too strong. Plus, you have the prime, uh, British Prime Minister Theresa May's plan to leave the European Union. And um, the comments that she made also made the pound stronger and uh, some other currencies stronger, the euro and so forth, and uh, the dollar certainly weaker. So um, it's kind of interesting when uh, you know people just make comments. It reminds me of the Greenspan era when you know he spoke and markets reacted. Uh, didn't mean, you know, it doesn't matter what he said. They reacted. They didn't know what he said. <laughs> Maybe it's the same true with Trump. They don't know what he means. He said something else. That <laughs> Trump is speaking, so everybody, you know, hang on tight. Something's happening here. I don't know what it is. But. So, uh, you know, we saw that, uh, you know, the, the dollar certainly get a lot stronger or weaker today. And it's, it's uh, let's see. Uh, there was something I wanted to, you know, there's a, well, I don't have it here, Al, so uh, you might have to, uh, if you have anything, uh, you wanted to comment on it, but, you know, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just whistle. You're I'm just going to make me stumble and fumble. <laughs> da, 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 do, da, do, da. No, what I would say is this. I've been arguing. Here, I've been arguing for a year and a half. Here, 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 the dollar's been strong. Here it is. This is this David Rubenstein. Um, he's um, 
Uh, and, you know, Carlisle Group, we used to hear what Bob Chapman used to say about the Carlisle Group. It's just a group of the elites. Um, but he's warning of a repeat of the 90s emerging market crisis uh, because of the stronger dollar. And he's estimating that there is $4.5 trillion in emerging market corporate debt that was dollar denominated. Mm -hmm. And um, if the dollar, which is already perched at a 14-year high versus the euro continues to rise, that this would squeeze countries that have borrowed in dollars, um, forcing more bailouts. So, uh, you know, we have gotten to a situation where that strong dollar certainly is, um, you know, bringing about, you know, close to a a crisis. Uh, They cannot have a strong dollar. Not when you have the world's debt denominated in dollars. It's not just to the extent that you have debt that's denominated in dollars. If the dollar is growing stronger, it's growing more valuable, and it means that you'll have to pay off the debt in more valuable dollars. We talk about it periodically on the program. Most people who've ever uh, applied for a mortgage, they were encouraged to do so because uh, you'd be able to pay off your debt in cheaper dollars because of inflation. When there's deflation, you pay off in more expensive dollars. That's terrible for debtors. All right, biggest debtor in the world. They're talking about all the emerging markets. I don't, no doubt it's a problem, but I don't think that's what really motivates these people. What motivates them is the government of the United States is the biggest debtor in the world. They can't deal with deflation for they long. If they do, it'll put the government out of business. You have $4.5 trillion in, in, in emerging markets. That might not be a lot to the $20 trillion the U.S. have, but you have these countries that can't deal with the four. Four point five. That is much of a threat to these countries to start the bull roll. The U.S. You know they they have back pockets. They can pull things out of their hat, and where a lot of these emerging markets can't. And so I think that's the threat when you when they talk about it. But yeah, absolutely. The, the U.S. is the biggest debtor you know ever, and certainly the the stronger dollar uh, uh, does not benefit them. And we need a weaker dollar, which is all good for gold. And it's also a good time to introduce Mr. Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Good afternoon, Greg. Hey, how are you doing? I agree with you wholeheartedly. Oh, good. Hey, how you guys doing? Just great. Albert Melody? Just great. And how's life in the fast lane? Life in the fast lane, good. Life is good. I like I like this dollar thing because you know, see, I think Trump is going to be successful. Maybe not as fast as people think that he's going to be successful, but they, you know, I mean, yeah, Bill Gross to to play off what Melody was saying. You know, he was saying that uh, past two point six percent. Watch that. That's what his line of uh, demarcation is. Uh, and then I had Charles Denner on. He says, you know, at what point do people start to sell, sell, sell? I can't take any more pain. You know, I'll get eighty cents on the dollar, or I'll get ninety cents, or I'll get seventy-five cents, or and then that'll cascade into you know. It doesn't take that many people to start selling before things go haywire. And you're talking about selling debt instruments. Well, treasury bonds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Two point three percent right now, roughly. You know, on the ten-year uh, treasury, and it bounces around, and that's come down some. But still, I mean. The problem is with Trump is that, uh, and I and I like him much better than our, the uh, the alternative, which uh, you know the alternative said Aaron limits on the First Amendment. You know, right? That was Hillary said that on Chris Wallace's uh, show. The only really interview she ever did with anybody was with Chris Wallace, and I I'm surprised he didn't jump all over that. As a journalist, you jump all over that. 
I mean, you don't care if somebody is a you know pro Ku Klux Klan or uh, or pro uh, or wants to say good things about the you know the Black Panthers or whatever, as long as they're not overthrowing the country. Yeah, you know, as much as as repugnant as any of that kind of speech is, you know, I'm for people being allowed to say it. Like you know, they took away the Redskins. I think people realize this. They took away the Redskins, you know, um, trademark for the Redskins because you know they- it offended some people. And I say that's a free speech issue. That's up to the government to decide what's offensive and what's not. So that's going to be a Supreme Court case coming up. If Trump loads the bases like I think he is with people who believe in the Constitution, that's going to get beat down. They're going to get their trademark back. But anyway, I digress. No, the dollar being high, expensive, and, you know, to your point, Melody, they got to pay all this, these dollars back. Well, they can't print dollars. The Fed can, so we can have all this, you know, debt. But the the emerging markets, you know, they four and a half trillion or whatever it is. That's still a lot. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, Paul Craig Roberts told me one time if if there was just one country, let's say China or Japan or whatever, that liquidated a trillion dollars in U.S. Treasury bonds, wow, it, it, the whole thing would implode. And according to John Williams, there's at least sixteen trillion outside liquid dollar assets, bonds outside the uh, outside the country. So, you know, who knows? I mean, we've never been here. You know, when you say, hey, the whole global economy can implode, yes, it could. That's the scary thing. Yes, it could. What about the removal of cash? You know, we've seen that they're taking cash away in India. They're trying to they're trying to get rid of cash and go all digital. Reports in other places. Can they do it in the United States? They can try, but there's a, a, a significant percentage of the U.S. that operates in a in 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 the cash world, and they're legitimate businesses, incidentally, not drugs, which is what they want to. They, they want to have cash so they can control you, but they're legitimate businesses, and legitimate people use cash. And uh, I think it would it would hurt uh, business tremendously if they did away with cash. There's what about- a whole lot of business that's done in cash. What about the people who are overseas who have, John Williams says there's $16 trillion in cash overseas. Somebody's got that sewed into their mattress, they've got it in the vault, they've got it someplace. What happens to the cash overseas and what impact does that have on the dollar standing as a world reserve currency if somebody says the $100 bills don't work anymore? Well, they still, you're talking about bonds. No, I'm talking uh, about that cash. I'm talking about is, people in Mexico and people in Greece that are storing their wealth in the form of $100 bills sewed into their mattress. Yes, and, and I don't know what the answer is. I know, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it would be that way. There'd be some other equivalent thereof to turn in, I guess. Um, I don't know about that because those $100 bills, what does, what does the government of Greece or Spain or Italy care about $100 bills? They don't have to make good on them. Correct. I, see, my point is, is if we have people that are pushing, Larry Summers says we need to get rid of $100 bills, that's, you know, because oh, we're going to protect us from drugs. Huh, what a cartoon that is. But what does that do to the standing of the dollar as a world reserve currency if all of a sudden trillions of dollars of $100 bills around the world suddenly become valueless? They can't and come the to answer the, is, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a default. Yeah, I know, basically. but it's an interesting thought. That, that's a that's a default basically, and that and the other yeah. thing is that the full faith and credit of the of the bond market is uh, you know if they start cashing in, will they print the money to continue the full faith and credit 
um, uh, guarantee? Will they? And that's the reason why people, you know, why would people park their money in Treasury bonds? Because if you got a billion dollars, you can't put it in a bank and get a two hundred fifty thousand dollars of insurance. You know, you have to have the full faith in credit. In other words, a billion dollars worth of insurance for my billion dollars in bonds. But the problem is, is cashing them out. And in the most liquid market in the, on the, in the world, which is supposedly the treasury market, and what happens to you know what happens if too many people you know not just to do something mean to the United States, as Catherine Austin Fitz said in an interview, hey, some of these guys might cash out because they need the money, and they are they're, they're hitting their you know, what do you do when you get into a rough spot? You tap your savings, so that's their savings. Now, what happens if too many people tap their savings? Um, you know, are they going to continue the full faith and credit? And the answer is I don't know. Are they going to print the money to to uh, to to uh, you know continue the, the the guarantee, which would dilute the value of of the dollars out there? Which you know it's a damned if you damned if you don't. Would would Trump yep. come in and say you know we're not going to cash all that? Or we're going to reorganize this debt? Oh, you know I don't know. I don't. They can I reorganize the debt. Well, the How can they reorganize the debt without canceling the value of the correlative you know, debt that's a nice word for default, reorganize. He, he, yeah. he had mentioned that early on in his campaign mm-hmm. when he was with uh, when you know when he was in a field of other uh, of other people, and everybody was mum on that, including him. And he hasn't brought that up again, uh, Donald Trump. And I know he said something about it because that that to me is the question of what are you going to do with all this debt if if there's a stampede of people trying to get out of your bonds. Are you going to tell them no? Are you going to just go ahead and liquefy all the debt? Are you going to liquefy the bonds into dollars? Uh, you know, I, I do not know. We are caught so, between a situation like where if they, inflate, if they inflate, the dollar disappears. If well, they deflate, the government might disappear. The debtors might disappear. Well, we are well, caught they, between the rock and the hard they, place here. No, they can't the pay media. the debt. I they mean, can't repudiate the debt. What are they going to do with the debt? None of this is immediate. I mean, when they'll do it under stealth. They're not going to come out and announce it. But yep, we're going to welch on all these ten-year treasury bonds. Oh, I agree. I agree. So, and I don't know. I mean, what will they do? They'll probably say one thing while they're doing a completely different thing. I don't know. Uh, it's it's, and that's the sad thing. That's why I think gold's copping a bit because you know there's a, a there's a. There's a, I just had Nomi Prince on who will be on tonight, and one of the things she said was, you know, it's uh, they're not going to be able to let that go up. Uh, you know, the dollar, if it goes up, it makes all these other countries, uh, you know, all the debt they have to pay back to the United States much harder to pay. And if they let it go up, then the bonds go up, then the bonds become worthless. And what you know, but that, but that just because they don't want it to happen doesn't mean they can't get out of control. And so, yes, it can get out of control. And where do people run if they? Don't trust government debt, not even inflation. Uh, you know, one of the things that Martin Armstrong brought up was the fact that people, it's not really an inflation hit. It's a hedge against it's a hedge against uh, um, of, of government, of mismanagement. Yeah. Yeah. You so, mean gold. I, you know, the gold, buying gold. You know, there's uh, it's uh, it's awful hard to beat that uh, of uh, in hand under your direct control. Uh, gold, uh, you know, Prince had, because um, you know, he had a pretty big portfolio, he had $6 million in cash. He had, like, I don't know, $700,000 um, uh, in gold bars, $680,000, something like that. So he had that in gold bars, which is really not that big of his portfolio. He had three or four businesses. He had 6000 in total cash. So, of course, it doesn't do you any good now. 
Um, but anyway, so your questions are all valid, and the and the and the and the answers are don't know exactly how this is going to work out because you can't look back in history and go, oh yeah, yeah, this happened before. Well, in the there before, the, here's how they got out of it. Here's no, how they, they got out, out of it. it. Yeah, here this happened in the Great Depression. Here's that. Nope, 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 nope. No, that's the scary thing about this. You can't look back any time in history and find any time in the in since the flood, since Noah. You know, who knows what went on before the days of Noah? But you can't find any time in history where the where we were in this kind of precarious position with debt globally and fiat currency and no backing, and you just can't. I mean, it's gonna when it goes bad, it's gonna go bad very very quickly. It's gonna and go it's bad going very to quickly. go bad horribly. I mean, we can see circumstances comparable to the Civil War, not the Great Depression. When this happens, it might break down much like the Civil, similar to the Civil War back in the 1800s. Well, who's the bad guy? Who's the South and who's the North? I mean, uh, that's the bad guy is the one that instituted fiat currency. Well, that's where we're fault. I think that a lot of people with brokerage accounts, and I hate to say this, and I don't want to sound, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm Chicken Little, but uh, you don't know what your brokerage has committed to, and what they might hypothecate if they get into trouble, yep. much like MF Global. And that was yep. not a small, little, out of the way brokerage. That was a primary dealer of treasuries, MF Global. So well, that was no we'll small get back potato. To MF, MF. Here with our guest, Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can will be used in the court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Since the beginning of the United States, Kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice. 
Coast Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Here with Melody Cedars from on Financial Survival, and our guest is Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. We're talking uh, about the problems that the government's facing, the country's facing, our debt. You recently interviewed Bill Holter, and Bill uh, said, he said Trump is a smart guy, and he understands that really what he's going to be doing is presiding over a bankruptcy. A reorganization. That's what his main job is going to be, and that's reorganizing this country. Do you agree with that? I do. It's much like the difference between Chapter 7, which is everything gets sold, uh, the, everything. Everything, the land, the roofing, the, the you know, the, the buildings, the, you know, the whatever else you have, whatever assets you have, that's a liquidation, Chapter 7. 11 is different. 11 is a, uh, listen, we're going to try to still stay in business, so we're going to cut all this debt. And I think that's what Donald Trump is going to be doing. I think he's going to have to do it. We can't. We're not going to be able to keep piling up this debt because the whole world has to look at us and go, "Yes, we'll keep buying that." Oh, you're a great credit risk. So the whole world is going to have to keep keep doing that. And I just have, find it hard to believe the whole world is not going to keep doing that. That the whole world has to um, to believe in our debt. And believe that we can pay it off, and so, and we'll. And I say, uh, watch the ten-year treasury. You know, as things get shaky, it'll go up. I mean, as things get shaky, it'll go down. Actually, they'll run into it for a while, and you could have some wild seesaws uh, up and down in everything: stocks, bonds, gold, silver. Uh, you know, you name it. Things are going to go crazy. Ultimately, I think the long-term trend is for interest rates to go up. They kind of have to. Have and if to. they don't go up, you're going to see what uh, happens with gold and silver. And I, and even if they do go up, uh, you know, there was a big piece. I had who did I have on? I had. I can't remember who I had on, uh, but they said that uh, actually, I can't remember who I had on, I actually said that, you know, in rising interest rate periods, you know, do, not, don't think for sure that gold's going to go down in the, in the biggest, you know, bull market in, in the modern era so far uh, in terms of percent increase was in the 70s, and interest rates went up in the 70s. Now, there was a big takedown in the 70s where the price got cut in half, I think in 73, 74. Melody, you know more than I do about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, ultimately it, it peaked when interest rates were at 20-something percent at 850. There, there were three major cycles of rate increases, and gold did extremely well during yeah, those three the major curve. rate increases. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the gold does great. Yeah, and then when Paul Volcker came in, that was it, game, set, match. That's when rates went way up uh, because he thought, we're not going to have people invest in gold. We're going we're gonna to raise rates till whenever I could crash the gold market and drive people into treasury bonds, which was the place to go into at the time. Treasury bonds, I mean, you know, you could get a, you could get a CD for 15% for 10, for 10 years, and they couldn't give them away because everybody thought the inflation would go, would go hyper, and it didn't. But, you know, now it's different. Do you, you think they can raise rates, too? I mean, you're talking about the difference.
difference. You know, they're talking about Armageddon at three percent for the ten-year Treasury. That's what that's what a lot that's what Bill Gross is saying. After two point six percent, you're talking that oh my gosh, you could just completely fall out of bed. Other people say, oh, when it hits three percent, it'll fall three percent for ten-year money. You're, that's going to cause your whole thing to fall out of bed. Well, that tells you that you know they if you can't do what Paul Broker did. You can't raise rates to twenty percent, let alone ten percent or eight percent. Uh, you know, you can't force them up by by the Fed. You know, fiat to force them up. I mean, the market may force them up as as they did before they raised rates, but. So that just shows you how weak it is. I mean, you think about it. if if uh, interest rates for housing went from what is it now around four, around four percent, four four point one for a thirty year loan. If it went to six and a half or seven, which is a low rate, if you look back past the last fifty years, the last sixty years, seven percent would be somewhere in the neighbor in the neighborhood of the middle. Would be a you know a mean average. And what happens if rates just went to six percent? Oh my gosh, the housing market would would implode. Lap. Yep. What happened if, if the 10-year Treasury went to 35 or 4%? Oh, my gosh! I mean, that's how tenuous it is. That's how, how dangerous it is. And then we've produced all this, all these, uh, all this debt at, uh, I mean, they, they bought the 10-year Treasury. How long has it been at 0%? How long has the 10-year Treasury been around 2%, 2.5%, 1.5%? How long has it been in that range of 1.5% to 2.5%? I mean, uh, six, seven, eight years? How long has it been that way? Safe haven. Well, supposedly. That's the presumption that it's a safe haven, and you wonder how people can maintain that, but uh, it doesn't seem that safe to me. Let me ask you this. We had, in December 2015, the Fed raised the interest rate by a quarter of a percent. And in 2016, starting in January, the price of gold increased ultimately by 21% the first six months of the year. And then this last December, 2016, they raised the interest rate again by a quarter of a percent. And so far this year, gold is up about 6%. Are we looking at a parallel or just a coincidence? I I just want to bring this up uh, really quick. I just pulled up the 10-year Treasury. It's a CNBC thing. Uh, You know, it's data.cnbc.com, and you have a chart going back 10 years. You know, five years. I'm sorry. It only goes back five years. Well, five years, uh, a little less than five years ago, say, I don't know, um, what would this be, February of 2012? I mean, you know, the 10-year Treasury was at 2.39. You know, today it's at years later. Do you know how much debt was sold in the last five years alone on the 10-year Treasury? Do you know how much debt was sold? The debt's doubled, so what, $5 trillion? Yeah, how much debt of U.S. debt was sold and the U.S. is leading the parade? I mean, in how many years? I mean, five years of, of somewhere well, in the neighborhood of 2.5, 2.5, 2.5, somewhere. What happens if it goes to three or four? What happens to that negative paying interest rate over in Europe with $13 trillion in negative bonds? How long do they hold? That's what Charles Nenner said, and here here is where the rubber meets the road. And I just had him on, and he said, you know, um, how you know what could cause rates to go up, things get out of control, is people decide that they can't take any more losses, and they think that they have, they're, they're going to lock in what losses they have, and they're not going to wait for even more losses. And what point is that? Is it 2.6, as uh, uh, Bill Gross says? That's what they're talking about, a massive sale. Sell, sell, sell. 
and uh, and then uh, is it three point I mean, what? These are pretty low numbers, folks. What the point, point is when the public loses confidence in the probability that they'll the ever get a and repay the, on the quote, unquote, asset. Remember I told you the assets, you know, bond, debt is money and debt is an asset. Well, what happens if people go, what, this is a liability, I'm getting crushed. This is not an asset. And it's not and coming back. And the bond back. market is orders of magnitude bigger. What, two, three times bigger than the stock market? I mean, the debt market, right. all of it. You know, uh, Fed, you know, uh, uh, treasuries, uh, you know, boons, uh, uh, euro bonds, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Whatever's over, uh, you know, all over. You know, uh, a municipal, uh, state, uh, all these bonds. You know, all these bonds are all based off, you know, uh, the U.S. Treasury and, 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 and interest rates and LIBOR. And all. Whatever is these bonds, this debt gets crushed and you don't have an asset and you have a liability and you're losing money in value and you'd like to spend your money because you couldn't put it anywhere else as a savings account. Well, remember, because full faith and credit or whatever, every country has this sovereign you know, credit and you don't get back your money. At what point do, do they, everybody run for the damn doors? And that's the thing. And I don't see how you have a, a healthy stock market if the bond market is unfloating. I just don't see how that happens. I had somebody ask me, what do you think? Do you think stocks will just keep going up and just, well, if not at the bond market, we've never had this before. Again, we've never had this before. We've never had this much debt. I mean, we're just, just in the last five years. I mean, I don't know what that number is, but I suspect it's in the trillions of dollars of debt sold between 2.5 and 1.5%. It's in the trillions of dollars. Yeah. And if it goes to two and a half or 2.6 or, or 2.8 or 3, or when are people going to run, run, run for the door, sell, sell, sell? And where will they run to? They're, they're in bonds they're because they think bonds they're are gonna, safe to begin the, with. They're not likely to go into the risk of stocks. They're likely to look bars. for another safe haven, and what's that likely to be? I think it's going to be tangible assets. I think it's going to be... So too. What else could it be? You know, and I don't think it'll be housing. Housing's not the same. I mean, it's because it's based on, you know, what are the payments, man? As I've said before, the most, the dumbest question you can ever ask, and yet it's the question that everybody asks, whether they're buying a, a house or a car, and that's what are the payments? And so, so that's that's the that's the, the the problem we face. The problem we face is that there's just so many things we've never seen before. So you don't know what zig is going to happen after you zag, or what what. Uh, zag happens after you zig, or what the equivalent, what, what the computers are going to do. What are the computers going to do? They're stupid. <laughs> they're smart and they're stupid. And Jim's yeah, they, said, you they know, they're going to start in the same way. Algorithms are going to kill us before this is all over. And what stops them? Have, pardon me? And what's, what stops the algorithms? What stops them? Who? I mean, you know, as Jim Sinclair said, you know, you go down the trade floor, there's nobody down the there. electric grid by accident, that's what will stop the computers. I, I don't know what will stop them. I mean, that's, you know, the, the SEC allowing this to happen in front-run trades and doing trades in nanoseconds and millions of, of trades in a second is stupid. It's, a, it's not price discovery. It's ripping money out of the market. It's dangerous. Yeah. And when it goes wrong, it's super dangerous, and it happens so fast. By the time you can get in front of it and stop it, or by the time you can pull the plug, well, a lot of damage has been done now, hasn't it? Yeah, we could have a war and not even know it until it was all over. That's essentially, you know, metaphorically, that's what we're talking about. All of a sudden you wake up and, my God, what happened? 
Everything well, was okay. After all, happens, and now it's all uh, gone. And uh, I tend to agree with him, and I've been saying this too. Um, but Holter thinks, and he's got uh, a couple of decades of experience as, you know, running brokerages and things like that. He's a financial writer now, GS Mindset. But he thinks it'll happen quickly. It'll happen over the weekend. I mean, you're going to go in on a Friday, and over on Monday, the, your whole oh, world's going to be changed. Over a weekend. You're not predicting this weekend. You're no, saying a, a weekend. weekend. A weekend. And, and everybody here, I just had, I had three people on, and these are the three people that got it right in 2016. I thought, I didn't think we'd have a crash in 15, but I thought we'd get one in 16. But, and some people, other people thought we'd get one at the end of 16 as well. And we did get one with Trump, but they stopped it. I mean, you know, the artisans of money, I mean, limit down, the night he was elected, and the SP futures. And, you know, that should have been an 800-point, you know, hammering, a drop. And then we had this Trump rally, with you, that people are calling it. And I, and, I th- and I do think Trump is going to be successful. He's going to... He's going to do some good and change some things, but I think he's also, with success, he'll get inflation. We'll get upward pressure on interest rates. We'll have to, and that's going to be, and that's going to be a problem to work out. And that's why he will be uh, reorganizing debt because we ain't going to pay it all. We're not going to print all the money to pay it all. But uh, you know, Nomi Prins, who's on tonight, said we wouldn't have a crash. Uh, Catherine Austin Fitz said we wouldn't have a crash in Charles Nitter. In 2016. In 2016. Said we would not have a crash. There's a lot left, and they're going to keep this going. And they got the, you know, they got the, the, the campaign. They're going to keep it keep, going for as long as they can. But they're going to keep it going until they have to find a place to crash the plane and not yeah. into a mountain. They're going to try to find a place to crash the plane at some point. And when is that crash, when is it going to reach critical mass where they're going to say, okay, we're going to have to control the crash? And I think we're going to, we're going to reach that. Right now they've controlled the crash to not happen. But what happens if they know that the damn thing is going to, is going to happen and then they're going to try to control it? And all three of these people, Nomi Prince, Catherine Austin Fitz, and Charles Denner, all, especially, uh, especially Denner and Catherine Austin Fitz say, 2017, we're going to get hammered. And everybody is pointing towards the fall, including Nomi Prince. And she says, I don't know if we'll get a total crash in the fall, but it'll be lower in the fall than it is right now. The markets, they'll be lower. But, you know, things can get out of control. You know, that's the, the sad thing is that you have to include in your portfolio that things can get out of control because they can. They certainly did in 08. And, you know, printing tarp in QE1, 2, 3, twist and all that, that wasn't what they had in mind. They did not want to do that. Uh, they thought that they could get away with what they were doing, and we hit, and again, as Char- Carl, Charles, uh, Carl Denninger, who shut his site down and says, I can't really do anything. I mean, I'm just going to live my life, and I'm done with this. I don't really need this. Carl Denninger, market-ticker.org, he may have started. He still has a site, but he doesn't really post that much. He says, you know, we don't ever get to the wall. People are like, well, when do we hit the wall? He says, hey, we don't ever get to the wall. We never get to the wall. Somebody always wakes up and goes, dang, I, uh, I'm freaking out. You know, he says, we probably could have gone, we didn't have to have the crash in 08. We probably could have gone to all the way to 2010 before it actually hit the wall. But it never hits the wall. And so people think, well, you know, we have some time. But, well, it never hits the wall. There's always somebody that says, ah, oh, the exit door's open. I'm going to run through it and take my money and run. I thought there'd be more people selling out of the market 
And Michael Pinto thought this, too, before the end of the year. He says, could be in the first quarter. He says, but I think there will be sellers in the first trying to get the, you know, the, the tax uh, uh, benefits of a lower tax rate for capital gains, and Trump's going to probably Trump get that through. And they're going to lock in their gains and whatever. Now, that doesn't happen so far. We've had all-time high after all-time high, but then, you know, it's kind of cracking up today. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's the, the thing people should understand is that this is real. This is not something that might happen. Uh, this is not something that is some, you know, uh, you know, lofty, uh, you know, way, uh, you know, a one in a thousand chance of happening. I think it will crash. I think it'll have to crash. Yes, it's yes, just a question of when. Yeah. And how, think, how does it I look? March, what does the crash look March. like? I think March is going to be a key month. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of end of February into March, the full month of March. I think that's where you're going to see some really big cracks come in. I think it's going to be the main one. Don't know. But I think that in March, I think, is going to be a key month. That's my my prediction. When would Trump like to see the crash if he's convinced there's going to be one? Everybody's pointing towards the fall. Uh, Netter does this whole cycle thing, um, uh, to, uh, and he thinks it's this fall. He says, and there'll be some big fits and starts. There'll be some big, yeah. you know, takedowns before. I mean, if you look at 08, I mean, we had some big, uh, big drops in the market, and you know, it it, it didn't it, it when it crashed, it was nowhere near where it started the year in 08. And so um, you. Um, he, 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 that the the idea that this can happen and and will happen, uh, and even though it's been put off, and everybody's like, oh well, they've been seeing this for so long. Well, they get, this the math is awful. And now John McCain is out putting out a five trillion dollar five year five trillion dollar defense budget. I mean, you know, I I, I don't know. Uh, how when does the world say uh, uh, you know? Enough. When, Enough. When do investors say, I, I can't take any more losses? And you know the people that bought, I mean, we listen, we have a whole bunch of people. Let's just go back to the 10-year uh, Treasury. I just want to just go back there real quick. Uh, the 10-year Treasury, and I'm looking at the, the uh, one-year chart of the 10-year Treasury. Um, one year today, one year. Okay. So Why don't we hold off on that? I mean, We're going to take a break right now, okay. and we'll get back to the 10-year Treasury as soon as we have a couple of commercials. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival with our, our guest, Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Please stay tuned. Make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three W's.thepowerherbs.com. 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Cedarstrom on financial survival with our guest Greg Hunter from usawatchdog.com. Some of the best videos, interviews that you can find on the internet. Again, Greg Hunter, usawatchdog.com. We're talking about 10 year bonds, I believe, when we broke. Isn't that right, Greg? You had something you wanted to say about it? Just this year, we've had the, we've had up until uh, let's see, uh, we've had up until um, November. That we've had a sub uh, shoot, I should say, October, the end of October, uh, beginning of November, we had a sub two percent interest rate all year long, just about. I mean, how much debt we sold at sub two percent, and now it's at two point three. I mean, I, can it go down? Can they force it down? Can they can they do you know artisans of money as uh, 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 Nomi Prince says? Can they push it down? Yes. What's, they have to do something to push it down. What are they, what are they going to be doing? What happens if other people decide to sell? I, it is so – I don't know. And the answer to all these questions is I don't know. I do know that at some point they can't, there's no way they can pay back all this money. We're not going to pay back. We have a $20 trillion deficit. There is no way on God's green earth we can pay that back. The cash out there in, in society right now, according to the Federal Reserve, is $1.4 trillion. Now, what's going to happen when everybody wants their cash in hand and don't want credit in a bond? And the answer is, uh, uh, that's the math, $20 trillion cash, a cash deficit, and we got $1.4 trillion in actual cash. That doesn't count counterfeiting and all the other stuff, but what happens that when people say, I want to sell my bond? And the, and the answer is, uh, wow, there's not enough cash to go around. What happens then? Do we just print the cash? Do we print the digits? What happens to the rest of the cash when you print that much many digits? It's not like we have a few hundred billion dollars we need to liquefy. You know, we have a lot. Uh, are they going to do a carnival of liquefaction and, and default? Uh, isn't, it a, isn't just printing money to pay stuff you're never going to be able to pay back? Isn't that a, and that's what a lot of people say, Peter Schiff says, you know, I, they're going to default or they're going to print money. And I said, you know, the politically expedient thing to do is going to be print money. There's, there is your, your deal. But that's a that, default. Correct. But that's a default because they you inflate and you're paying off no, 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 no
But the rest of the world and the big money players, who knows what's going to happen? And the idea is when it happens, when this mood changes, when the herd decides to shift, you know, you're seeing a big flock of birds and the whole flock turns at the same time. How do they do that? I don't know. But I think that's what will happen with investors. The whole flock will turn at the same time. And there won't be any place for them to turn. Let me ask you a question, Greg. China's already stating, making comments about their concerns with Trump, about trade, about South China Seas. Are they willing to begin dumping what they have in our dumping debt, or are they too much... So, you know, that's uh, that's kind of a thing, uh, kind of a, you know, both countries have a gun to each other's head. And, you know, once they pull the trigger, uh, you know, the other country pulls the trigger, they cut their exports. You know, they still export a lot of stuff to the United States. Now, they also export a lot of stuff to Europe. But listen, without the United States, you know, they would yep. would but they would implode. Do they have do they do they say, you know, we're going to flip the war card because we're going to stay in power and we're going to make out like the evil United States is, well, the evil United States. But the scary thing about everything going on in the world today, we can't, you know, the United States is not going to get into a long, drawn out war with China. They're not going to get into a, you know, multi-year World War II type war with China. And we have war with a major superpower that's going to go nuclear in a hurry. That's the scary thing about how screwed up the financial system is. Thank you, central banks, for you know not letting anybody take a loss and not letting anybody you know go under. Not letting that you know Bank of America should have gone under, Merrill Lynch should have gone under, AIG should have gone under. Thank you, government and central banks. You know Warren Buffett should have gone under. But no, no, we didn't do any of that. Uh, I was telling somebody this the other day, I don't know if I told you guys this, if I told you this, then, then I'm sorry to repeat the story, but it's like going to the doctor and, and the doctor saying, oh, Greg, man, I got some bad news for you. You got cancer. Oh, man, what, what should I do? Well, there's two things we can do. Now, we can go cut that cancer out. And, oh, it's going to hurt. You're going to lose all your hair and chemo, radiation. You're going to limp, you know, but you're going to make it, but it's going to be rough. Or I can give you, I can give you uh, heroin or Dilaudid. What would you like? You know, we said back in 08, oh, give me the heroin. Dilaudid. Now, what happened to that cancer? What Still there cancer? and growing. You got it. We, so we grew the global debt from, what, $170 trillion in debt? To two hundred and thirty, thirty-five trillion. I mean, the numbers are so big; it's you know, it's stupefying. And so we just grew in bonds. We grew that debt. That's not cash. That's the bonds. And as Hugo Salinas Price says, you know, all these bonds are like clouds over to hanging over everybody's head. And you know, when they start liquefying that, it's going to rain money. It's going to rain yen and euro, and it's going to rain when everybody wants their money. Well, those those bonds are going to crash to earth like they're made out of iron when they default on them. Or when people realize what they're getting paid in is a default. That it's, you know, you paid me in my dollars because, you know, if, if, let's take dollars. You know, a treasury bond is just a ball of dollars that pays an interest rate, and you hope to get more dollars back than what you put in based on the interest rate relative to inflation. And you hope the dollars are worth as much or more when you get or them more, back. Or you hope they're worth at least as much, in. you get enough back to make a profit, but they, they, they're not going to do that. I mean, again, $20 trillion just a cash deficit. Just look at the cash deficit, $20 trillion. And Congress, both sides of Congress, both houses of Congress, to be fair, are responsible for this. The Democrats and the Republicans, uh, you know, are responsible for this. And the reason why they keep growing oh, yeah. the debt is because when they stop it, the whole thing implodes. 
And, but at some point, the whole thing's going to implode because you, people are going to want their money. They're going to need it. Are they going to want it? Are they going to do like you said? What happens if China decides to sell? Well, what happens if China just needs the money? They're no longer the number one holder of treasury bonds. What happens if you know we decide that you know it's just better if we just start nuking people than to, to to admit to everybody we're totally broke and we're defaulting on all this treasury debt? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But the but the but the idea here is that all that stuff can happen. And, and what should uh, a person do to protect themselves? You just got to have your. You better own your car title. You better. Some people should not buy, and I don't mean to make you mad, Melody, but some people should not buy gold and silver. They should go get your car title. They should go and and get uh, uh, you know a new set of tires on their car and go buy food and water. Uh, for those people, that's what they ought to do. If you don't have a lot of money, you shouldn't be putting money in gold and silver. If you have a, 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 a any kind of portfolio, any kind of savings and stocks in your house and whatever. I think you don't have your health title, but uh, for anybody like that, you should have some. I mean, even Prince, who had a, uh, and I go back to Prince, you know, he had, uh, uh, he's probably worth, I don't know, $300 million, but he had $800,000 uh, uh, in gold bars. I think, he had, I think he had, what did he have? He had 60 10-ounce gold bars or something like that. Uh, so the, you know he had a piece of his of his portfolio, a piece of his of his uh, pie in in some type of tangible asset under his direct control. So that's well, the lesson here is isn't, isn't the lesson sure get as far as you can from debt instruments, paper debt instruments. Are well, we looking yes, at any I'll... paper debt instruments that are likely, statistically likely, that they're going to be worth more several years from now than they are today, or are they all? Uh, I mean. Get away from paper, as it looks like to me. Get away from paper. Put your wealth into something tangible. I think it's going to be a carnival of default and inflation. I think we're going to have mm -hmm. both. I think that's what we've had, and they've they've got powerful. And right now, we do have powerful inflation and deflation uh, forces. And if the real estate market falls out of bed, that's a powerful deflation force. Um, but uh, I I think if you if you get cute and you go borrow lots of money and thinking you know it'll hyperinflate and you'll pay back the money with something equivalent to you know a few coins out of your pocket, I think what they're going to do is with Jim Sinclair and I believe he's right about this. At some point, they will revalue all that debt uh, in something new and you'll pay the debt back in the new currency and it will be onerous. And so I wouldn't get cute with the debt. I would uh, try to shy away from it. I would try to, you know, I wouldn't, if you're a long way from paying your house off, then I would concentrate on getting getting the, your assets and uh, your car title under your control. I would con I would make sure you don't have any other assets that you need to pay for. Um, you know, because you don't know if you're, what's going to happen to your income stream. I feel sorry for people on Social Security and pensions because, you know, A, it, that could be totally disrupted. B, that could be totally hyperinflated. You know, you, what you're living on today... You know, I had a friend of mine tell me, he says, oh, hey, I'm getting my government pension. Oh, I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm going to be able to take a cruise in Alaska. And, you know, my wife's on a pension. And I said, that's great as uh -huh. long as that dollar value has buying power and the money they're paying you in has buying power. And as Mr. Magoo, uh, you know, the maestro, uh, Alan Greenspan, uh, sat in front of Congress and said, well, we can guarantee the nominal value of the dollars. This is almost an exact quote. Well, we can't guarantee the buying power of the dollar. Now, this is, this is Alan Greenspan, the guy they called Maestro. The real Maestro yep. was Volcker, who was, you know, raised interest rates to 20%, and people went out of business, and people took a hit. And, you know, assets were lost, and people had to file bankruptcy, but that was good for the system. Because of that, we got the 80s and the 90s, actually. 
And this long, you know, interest rate, this long bond sled ride that's been, bonds are an asset. Yeah, they are, as long as rates are going down. You'll see what kind of an asset they are when rates start going up. And they're going to try by hook or crook to keep these rates down because they don't want the dollar to go up, and they don't want interest rates to go up, and they don't want the bonds to become more uh, worthless, and they don't want people to stampede out of the bonds and, ah, uh, yeah, buy gold, buy silver, buy tangible assets. We live in interesting times. Let's change the topic a little bit. Here's an article from the Washington Examiner, and the headline is Media Prepares for War with Trump. Members They're of the press the are taking a strident tone against incoming Trump administration. They're not and the media. And Jack Schaefer, press critic, Politico, he said, instead of relying exclusively on the traditional skills of political reporting, the carriers of press cards ought to start thinking of covering Trump's Washington like a war zone, where conflict follows conflict, where fog prevents collection of reliable information uh, from the combatants, where the, where the assignment is a matter of life and death. Is he talking about we need to lie? cheat steal in order to somehow exactly stop that's what he's doing. And, you know, if you hear the guy over at uh, at Politico, what's his yep. name? Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, Schaefer. Jack Schaefer. No, 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 no. The, the other guy that, that they, called himself a hack. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rush? Uh, not Rush. Uh, what was his name? Uh, he was at Politico and was uh, given uh, information to um, and script approval and, and approval ahead of time, I believe, to uh, John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, and called himself a hack. Well, the New York Times yeah. hired him. Okay. All right. But the, the mainstream media appears to be, or excuse me, the establishment appears to be using the mainstream media or trying to to stop Trump. That's propaganda. That's not the news. You have to be a fair arbiter of the truth. That is the classic uh, definition of fake news because it's that is propaganda. To stop Trump is not your job. To report on Trump and be fair, a fair arbiter of the truth is what the media's job is. And by them saying this, what they're saying is that, well, you know, we're not really being the media, but we have to. It's Donald Trump. This is what they said in all these op-ed pieces um, leading up to uh, Trump's, uh, you know, during the campaign. That they said that they they have to it was a, 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 the uh, op-ed piece on on New York Times saying that uh, you know Donald Trump is stretching the the limits of objectivity, right? That's that's what they actually that's what their their uh, their op-ed piece on the front page of the New York Times actually said that he it was Donald Trump's fault. He was stretching the uh, the uh, limits of objectivity. No, he wasn't stretching the limits of objectivity. They were saying, signaling to everybody, and they were telling people to uh, to not, you know, to stop Trump. Their their reporters to stop Trump, to stop him. Which to, means they not, can't possibly be objective if they use this war metaphor. They're saying we are coming at him as an enemy, not as an objective right. reporter. That, that, objective. We're coming. That's what this is saying. a war. Uh, bias, uh, prejudice. Yeah, We're against yeah, him, no matter what he does. This is the. This is just the. Um, this is Jim uh, Ruddenberg who comes out, and they appear prove this on the front page of U.S. Uh, on uh, on the New York Times that uh, Trump is testing the norms of objectivity in journalism. And then he went on to say that uh, journalists should stop at Donald Trump. Then you had Michael Wolff at uh, USA Today saying that reporters are trying to do this of their own volition. Oh, right, yeah, there's no bosses over there. Yeah, that's right. There's, uh, the, the inmates are running the asylum. Yeah, the reporters can do whatever they want. That's a lie. I was a reporter at the network level uh, for when, nine years. That's a lie. And
And so what, what he's talking about is more of the same. You know, the testing, the objectivity. Uh, we have to go to war. Uh, then your propaganda. Let me read you what propaganda means. Uh, this is from the Oxford Dictionaries. Uh, information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. That's propaganda. So they are resorting to propaganda. That's what they are. They're fake news. They are defining that they are fake news, and they are writing a justification for it. Meanwhile, calling anybody who uh, takes the other side of the opinion or anybody that doesn't agree with the legacy media, the old-timey media, as I call it, uh, that they're fake news and they're real news, even though what they really are is real propaganda. And they're real uh, biased. We've got about 40 seconds left, Greg. Who wins? Can the mainstream media put Trump down, or is Trump big enough where he can put them down? They have already put themselves down. Um, they, uh, what the New York Times, let's look at the, today's, uh, the New York Times is laying off people. The New York Times is laying off people. What did I predict? I predicted the layoffs after the first of the year are going to be stunning. And that's exactly what's going on. I had one woman write me from Arkansas saying, hey, my little paper is announcing, you know, they're laying off 10 people at the newspaper. And what I'm telling you is, is that they are going to kill themselves because they cannot call themselves the news if they're going to war and they're unobjective and they're not fair arbiters of the truth. So they will kill themselves and Trump, yes, will win. Now, that's it. Trump's got a lot We're going to have to let it go with that, Greg. We're out of time. I want to thank you for being on the program. That's Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Thank you. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarson. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Greg Hunter, and Todd, the producer. Bye-bye. and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement.
out where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Hey, hey, just don't play the 
afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You are listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Tuesday, January 17th, 2017. And it is, let's see, about seven minutes after two. A lot of sevens there anyway. So uh, if that all works out where you're at, we're live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number if you'd like to participate in the show. Or you can go to our website, which is located at uh, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com, avrn1.com, avrn.tv. It'll all get you where you need to go. You'll see there's a chat room there. And uh, you need to send me an email and tell me what you want your screen name to be, and you'll be in there. Once you do that, you just have to sign in. Password is so nobody steals your your name and uses it, you know, to say things that you wouldn't say. So that's it. But you know, don't go crazy with the with the uh, password. Make it something you'll remember. It's not like it's a bank account or something. Anyhow, so it is Tuesday. That's what I told you, and it is true. So that means that we have Al from Colorado here for the lightning round. Welcome, Al. Yes, only. Seven more hours with the berry. Counting down quite a bit, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are counting down, which don't you know? Yeah, they probably are. Uh, you know, Barry's only got a few hours to go before he starts World War Three, but I don't think I think he waited too long, Barry. He may have. He may have waited too long, actually. But uh, he's still trying. Oh yeah. Well, I see he pardoned Chelsea Manning. According to uh, Sludge here. Oh, great. Yeah. The little freak homo. Yeah, the one that changed into a woman or something like that or whoever. I'm telling you, man, that whole thing with that guy is, is I don't trust it at all because I know something about, you know, look, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't a general or anything else, but I was a private, and I know one thing. Privates don't have access to secret classified information and if they do there's an officer somewhere that needs to go to prison uh-huh well what can we say uh, i mean uh, they're doing everything they can uh, to uh you know to uh bash donald here and uh the idiots are getting ready to you know how do we say disrupt the inauguration well from what I also read, the FBI is going to be uh, making some arrests today because I think know, they'll round them all up and uh, take them out and throw them in a prison somewhere until the inauguration is over. What do you say, Frank? Well, you know what? I, I that that's one way of looking at it. Uh, uh, I would rather uh, somebody like uh, who's got a lot of money uh, pay my way to Washington D.C. and a bunch of other people. And we can just go there and beat the living hell out of these people. Oh, I they, think the bikers know, are. I think the bikers are going to take care of that. There's going to be something like five thousand bikers you know, there. They want to fight, and they do. They're talking about. I watched this uh, Project Veritas video. Yeah, I watched it too. The same one you're talking about. Okay, yeah. You see where they were talking about uh, putting the stink bomb, the no. butyric acid no, no, in the no. building. I don't Did care you? about that. That's just uh, that's like some punk's prank. They're mm -hmm. talking about throat punching. Oh, really? Now, that I missed for some reason. Yeah, one of their little uh, sissified little faggots there. And they well, all are faggots. I mean, you can look at them and see that these guys are feminized little You uh, take a base 
baseball bat and you uh, have early spring training, Frank, even though it's only January. You know, you just do what you no, got to do. Look, the head I'm is about the same him. shape you as a baseball. What? If you don't like Donald Trump, that's fine. Go to Washington, D.C., hold up a sign, call him any names you want. And Yeah, and but if you're going to be if you're gonna be violent, then you deserve to get shot. Well, yeah. Period. And if you're going to disrupt, like they're talking about putting chains on the... Uh, on the, the trains? Subway? Yeah. How are you going to chain a train? Are you talking about the subway? There's a thing called yeah. the metro there. Yeah, the metro. That's what it is. And I guess it's like a subway or an elevated. And that's it what is a subway. Well, then you know what? You just have the uh, police. You just have uh, more cops than you want to see in a lifetime, Frank. And I think that's what you're going to have well, to do. Well, and put the... Look, <laughs> the, the District of Columbia National Guard and other troops are in the city, okay? Yeah. So, you know, take the D.C. cops and put them in the metro uh, places and say, look... Do what you got to do. Why did they... Why did uh, the guy who's the head of the uh, the D.C. National Guard, why is he being let go before, as soon as Donald uh, takes the oath? Something smells there, Frank. I have two theories, Al, and they're completely opposite theories, because I don't know, but I can see two possibilities. One... He was involved in wanting to disrupt the whole thing and overthrow Trump, and he's being removed for it. Or, oh, no, I didn't hear that. That one I didn't hear. Or the second one is his second-in-command, Now, and that would be that he's being removed, because I don't know who's removing him. I'm Obviously, it's I was on. told uh, that uh, uh, he was asked to stand down by Trump. Uh, that, that's my understanding. If I'm wrong, I'll stand corrected. But well, if it's Trump, then he got word that this guy is a traitor who is uh, involved probably in a coup. Well, this guy did have some problems with previous inaugurations, too. Now, I did read something about that. The guy who's the cur- the guy who's getting removed. Okay. And the other possibility is Obama told him to step down because he's not involved in the coup, but his second in command is. Uh huh. And they want him gone so the second in command can take over and run. Yeah. You know, so well, I don't know. it's we'll going to be very interesting, Frank. I'm going to tune in right before Donald has to take the oath, and I'm not going to get up at six o'clock in the morning or whatever it is to watch the uh, whatever it is. You know, I'm sure it'll be televised on the net as well. Yeah, what time does he uh, get? He in- takes he takes the oath at 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, which is what nine your time, yeah. ten my time. Yeah, I won't be watching that. Well, all I know is that there's going to be shenanigans. They're going to do their very best to disrupt it. And if heads need to be knocked, Frank, then you knock heads. Well, you know, look, I mean, these guys have <laughs> have had their plans basically publicized. Everybody knows what they're going to try to do. So. Oh, they, that Project Veritas uh, thing where the guy had the uh, hidden camera in right. there. I saw the same thing you did. Now, don't you think, Al... That if you're the D.C. police and the D.C. National Guard... Well, maybe you just round up these FBI people, like we said, Frank, and just round them up and get them off the street, the leaders. Well, I mean, wait a minute. I mean, if you know where they're going to be and what they're going to do, why don't you just go there and wait yeah, for them? Yeah, well, I think that they're <laughs> going to take... Hopefully, they'll, that will be taken care of. You know, just go there and wait for them. And mm-hmm. if they, And if they want to walk by and protest with signs, fine, leave them alone. That's but right. They want they to start, start getting violent, then you will take matters into your own hands. You know, if they want to start chaining up trains and blocking traffic, well, then you got to stop them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's that simple. 
These people hey, are going to continue you know for the next four years to protest in any way, shape, or form, you Frank. They're not. They're like Hitlery. They're not going to quit. You know what? I don't even care if you line the way and throw tomatoes at his limousine as he drives by. You're not going to hurt him with, you know, throwing stuff at him. No, well, that you're not going like to hurt Blimacy with tomatoes, of course like not. a freaking tank, okay? You you need a, you know, a, a tank killer missile to get rid of that thing. So, yeah. you know, so what? Hey, look, you know what? If it makes you feel better, throw all the crap you want to throw. Go ahead, throw, have fun, you know? Because mm-hmm. you're not going to hurt anybody. You're not going to disrupt anything. It's, look, I'm all for protesting, but... Yeah, but you got to do it peacefully, though, Frank. Well, and you don't even have to be completely peaceful. I mean, throwing things around is one thing. But when you start to, look, okay, are you protesting me? Uh, because I'm not running for anything, and I'm minding my own business. But if you make it so I can't get to work, you make it so I can't get down the street, see, now I have a problem with you. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to give you something here to protest. Yeah. Like me bashing your head in. You can that's protest right. that for a while because, uh, you know, that's where it stops, okay? Yeah, and and, and on top me, of all this garbage, we now have the, the lamestream media saying that Trump only has a 40%. This is a guy who had 90% of the country behind him other than the idiots, and they're saying that he's one of the most unpopular presidents ever to be elected. Can you imagine that? What kind well, of lies are we going to... I'm trying gonna, to go uh, by this This whole Hillary won the popular vote. And she did not win her. the popular well, vote. Well, I know that she didn't, but, I mean, they, that's what they say because, well, we don't want to audit California, you know. Oh, no, 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 no. We know that Hillary, and uh, she stole votes in, uh, in about four or five states, and she had all the illegals and the dead animals and everybody from the moon voting for her. Oh, yeah. Well, when are the people going to wake up, Frank, and say, hey, we're done with the mainstream media? Maybe Trump should just say, hey, I'm shutting down the mainstream media. You're going to have to be alternate media now because well, we don't trust you. I think Trump should just cancel their FCC licenses, the First Amendment notwithstanding, because the First Amendment doesn't protect lying, now does it, Frank? Uh, well, it, yeah, it does. You can lie uh, unless you... In, you know, damage or injure somebody, unless you slander somebody and uh, damage them, uh, you can lie. You can tell lies all day long as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I oh. mean... I hate to say it, but that shouldn't be either. Lying, even if you don't hurt anybody, lying isn't the truth. Why would you want... You know what I'm trying to say? I'm just saying, Al, you know, you can't, you know, legislate uh. some things. You know, some things have to be up to the people, and you know what? Look, God's watching them, and if they lie, then... Well, they then you know what? Everybody just turns off the lamestream media, and everybody goes to the alternate media. And even some of the alternate media isn't on the up-and-up either, are they, Frank, some of them? Oh, no, not by, not by any... Frank, I think what the uh, AVR listeners are going to have to learn to separate the wheat from the chaff, even when it comes to the uh, alternate people as well. Well, sure. I mean, people got to use their heads, and they got to research stuff. I tell people the things I tell them. That go look it up, man. Go check this out for yourself. Don't believe me. I could be wrong. I could be making yeah. a mistake. I think well, I, I always say, know. and I always say to AVR listeners, if I if I uh, find out that uh, I've misspoken, I try to correct myself the following week or whenever. Sure, I think I'm right, but I could be wrong. I could be making a mistake. You got to check right. it out yourself. You know, there's a and, difference between misspeaking and lying intentionally, though, isn't there, Frank? Well, sure, but 
you know, it's all the same on the listener. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to take some responsibility for Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. You know, and the thing is, here's something that I uh, was reading yesterday. The N- NAD, uh, the NDAA, or whatever it is, the National Defense what, uh, Authorization Act, and oh, the NADA, yeah. yeah what there's about a them? part of it in there that uh, you know, propaganda used to be only allowed for the United States government to use like over Voice of America in foreign countries. Yeah, well, now they can use it on us now, right? Yep, that's right. And so they can lie just as well now. They can lie with impunity is basically what they're it's saying It's called now. propaganda, which is a lie. And the thing is, Obama okayed that. Now, here's the other thing. Here's the other interesting thing. We all gripe about the news media, the news media, the news, the news, the news. Well, guess what? They are no longer the news media. Okay. Oh, they, they're not? What are they called? The Ministry of Truth? They are no longer the press. <laughs> the Ministry of Truth. You know what they are? What they're designated under the N and uh NDA. The NADA, what are they designated under that? Entertainment. You've gotta be kidding me. Nope. Nope. I just I just read that yesterday, right? Nothing out. should you, Frank. They redefined it as entertainment. So oh. you know what, folks? Uh, and if you want an example, I will oh. give you one. Uh, everybody likes, uh, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are aware of and likes uh, uh, professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. You well, mean the scripted stuff, yeah. Well, professional wrestling used to be called the World Wrestling Federation. Now it's the WWE. Now the thing is, they got sued. Yeah, the World Wildlife Association no. said we had the letters first. No, that's not what happened. What happened was they got sued by idiots who were out there betting on wrestling matches. Well, if they were stupid enough to do it, they shouldn't have been. The, the lawsuit should have been thrown out. Yeah, okay, in a perfect world, but that's not what happened. What oh, happened for was, I'm getting tired of this politically correct garbage, Frank. What happened was. Yeah. The court ruled that because it was named the World Wrestling Federation, that gave the air of legitimacy that oh, was... Give me anybody who didn't know that that thing was phonier than a $3 bill, there's something wrong with them upstairs. Come on. The court ruled. Oh. That it gave the... My uh, understanding was that the World Wildlife Federation also sued them because they had the letters W. You want to hear or not? No, I'm listening. I hear what you're saying, but I'm telling well, you what you I heard. how can you hear what I'm saying when you don't let me finish what I'm saying? Okay. They got sued because the courts, and then they lost because the courts said by calling it a federation, you give the air of legitimacy where these people think that it's a true sporting league, uh, and you can't do that. So they said, okay, we can change the name, and they did it easy so they didn't have to change their logo. And they, they turned made it into an E, okay. Into entertainment, because yeah. you see, you're allowed to script things and lie yeah. Entertainment. But news is not entertainment, though, Frank. Well, go check the law. It's well, been I don't care re- about the law. Well, you better care about but the law I'm... because it's been redefined as entertainment is all I'm telling you. I'm not telling you're... you you got to agree with it, Al. I'm just telling you the way it is. I you can try you're... to live in some fantasy world where everything's the way you want it, but it isn't. 
They're I calling understand. it entertainment now, and they're saying that the government can propagandize. This is why the CIA was allowed to buy the New York Post for $600 million. Ah, oh, for crying out loud. You know, I mean... You know what my attitude on laws are, Frank? Laws are pieces of words on pieces of paper that you and I have the ability to disobey. Well, of course, but I'm just saying. You yes, know. I hear what you're saying. This is the idiocy of this country, Frank. There's no common sense anymore, is there? Well, the fact is that everybody thinks they're watching the news, and, and everybody's always been watching the news. But now, sleight of hand, behind closed doors, in the middle of the night, at midnight, they go ahead and they redefine it as entertainment, because, you see, they had to. Oh. If they said, listen, you're allowed to lie, well, then you can't call it news, so they call it entertainment. But they I didn't got tell a anybody. good one for you, then. What we're seeing, so they show a train wreck where all these bodies are all broken up, and all these train cars are off the track, and there's 600 dead bodies, and that's entertainment, right, Frank? Yeah, oh, boy. Well, it is if it never happened. And they're just showing you pictures from other train wrecks and other times, and they're trying to tell you, oh, this happened here. Oh, forget the train wreck. Let's say, oh, there's a school shooting in Connecticut. Look at all. Oh, oh you we mean, have dead uh, children yeah, everywhere. And, and the thing in Boston, too, with the we, bombing in we Boston, have dead the marathon, children, right? We have dead children everywhere, Al, and dead parents and dead everybody. And, oh, my gosh, it's horrible. But it never happened. Yeah, well, that's lying. That's, that's called fraud, Frank. That's not called entertainment. No. That's called fraud. It's entertainment, Al, because, wait wait a minute. When you go to the movie theater and you see the Terminator walk out onto the screen, you don't really believe that's true, do you, Al? Of course not. Well, gee, then why not? I mean, here's a robot man going to, you know, be a real problem, and, uh, you know, why not run out of the place screaming with your hands in the yeah, air? Yeah, but you know? you're watching it on a screen, Frank. It's not happening to you is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, people watching Fox News and CNN isn't happening to them either. They're watching it on a screen just like the Terminator. Uh, Frank, and I'm telling country, you, now the, the law... in trouble, Frank. If this is the case that we got, and, and these just, are the, quote, laws that we have, we're in real big trouble then, I'm Frank. just trying to point out yes. that in the law, yeah. the law sees no difference between you going to watch... Terminator 2, yeah. and you go on to watch CNN. It's all entertainment. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Okay. But you and I have the ability to disagree with it, though, Frank. Well, I have the ability to watch the Terminator movie and not get all excited because I know it's not true. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't watch it. It just means I know it's just entertainment. Oh, and wait a minute. Here's you know. a good one for you, Frank. They're telling us that we only have, what, 4.5% unemployment, <laughs> and nearly 100 million people in this country are out of work, and they're telling that's entertainment, right, Frank? Yeah. Well, that's propaganda. That's called fraud, Frank, is uh, what that's called not propaganda. Pro that's fraud. It's called propaganda. And what now, you call propaganda, no, Frank, Al, I call fraud. Al, it's only fraud if it's illegal. And they made a law that says now it's legal to propagandize the American people. But if it's not true, though, Frank, it's still considered fraud. No, it's not. It's propaganda, and propaganda has been legalized. Oh, uh, well, then we're in real that. trouble, then. This is, you know what? Hitler would have loved this one, well, wouldn't he? Well, it's like this. Okay, uh, one day you wake up and they say, okay, look, we passed this law. And now, uh, drinking booze is illegal. Okay, well, they did do that for okay. a while, yes. So, all right, so drinking booze is illegal. And then, 
10 years later, they say, oh, you wake up another morning, and they go, oh, by the way. No, it's, it's legal again, right? Now, now drinking booze is legal. Yeah. Okay, so wait a minute. Drinking booze is drinking booze. So Which one is the propaganda then, one Frank? day is One day it's illegal, one day it's not. Okay, right? it's the same thing with propaganda. One day it's fraud. The next day, it's propaganda. Okay, I hear what you're saying. As much as I disagree... Well, the problem is, it's not about disagreeing, because this is just the way it is. It's a fact that people, they did it secretly. Do you think the average Joe lunch bucket out there realizes that now it's legal for the United States government to propagandize him? Now the news has been called reclassified as entertainment? entertainment. Oh, do you, do you think Joe Lunchbucket knows this? He's stupid enough because all he does is watch Dancing with the Stars, and it, they, they're all the same to him. Every, every program, whether it's news or sports or wrestling or whatever it is, it's all the same to him, isn't it? No, they look at the news and think it's true. Oh, God. Oh, they have no, what's the word? They have no cognitive thinking source, do they? They're not able to separate the BS from the real stuff, what's really going on. They don't have that ability is what no you're saying. No discernment. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. yeah and no grasp on reality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's on TV, Frank. It must have happened, Frank. It must be true, right, Frank? Because right. it's on the TV. Sure, but, but that's it's always the been that way, Frank. But if it's on the Internet, then, you know, you got to be careful. Oh, if it's on the Internet, it's a bunch of BS. But if it's on the idiot box, it's uh, it's okay. Yeah, and and that's what they'd like you everybody And that's why they want to shut down the net, because too many of us know the BS that they're pushing on the idiot And the box. thing is, it hasn't always been that way. The news was just recently classified as entertainment. That's I understand not, what you're saying, yes. You know, and... They weren't allowed to propagate. What if Joe Lunchbucket doesn't realize? Okay, yeah, Uncle Sam says, yeah, news is now entertainment, but if Joe Lunchbucket is still looking at his idiot box, and nothing has changed for him is what I'm trying to say, Frank. Well, I know, and how? why would it? Nobody told him. Nobody told him anything. You think CNN's going to get on there and well, say, oh, by the way? Well, you know what? CNN, <laughs> Commie News Network, says the sun is going to hit the earth in two days, so Joe Lunchbucket starts uh, panicking now, doesn't he? Because he's not smart enough. Well, they ought to be uh, CEN now, Cable Entertainment Network. I call it communist, well, communist entertainment. And you know what? Maybe, hey, listen up, Legal Eagles, before the break. Yeah. Maybe some of you need to get together and sue CNN and cite this law and say, you are no longer news, you are entertainment, you are misleading people. Well, I'm then you better change you. your middle initial to an yeah, E then, that's right? That's right. Just like the WWF had to go to WWE, change that N to an E. Mm-hmm. At least people might ask, well, gee, why? Why'd you do that? Oh, well, because we're entertainment Well, now. because Uncle Sam says news is now entertainment. There is no news anymore. It's all entertainment. That's right. And it's break time, folks. It is. So we'll be back in a few. We're going to go back to the 1930s and do an old song here that's uh, considered a traditional song. And, uh, a lot of people have recorded it over the years. It's called Going Down the Road Feeling Bad.
Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still Tuesday, January 17th, 2017. It's about 2.41 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com is the website. So you, there you have it. Uh, a little note to everybody out there. Uh, If you were trying to listen on the 64K stream, it was down for a little bit. It's back up. A little glitch there. It's all fixed now, and it works uh, fine. And, hey, folks, just remember, okay, that when we have uh, one of the streams go down, uh, there's six other streams, okay? So pick one. You know, don't just sit there staring at the screen going, well, I guess he's dead. Oh, that's the end of him, uh, because there's six more streams to try before we pronounce me dead, all right? 
Anyhow, it is Tuesday, and uh, that means we got Al from Colorado here for the lightning round. Welcome back, yes. Al. Well, I'll tell you what. Donald needs to shut down this company called Demand Protest, who's going to offer you 2500 a month plus $50 an hour as long as you participate in at least six events a year to go and protest. Oh, includes health, vision, and dental benefits, too, Frank. It's a nice thirty grand, is isn't it? You hear me not here anymore? I'm signing up, Al. I'm busy. Oh, well, for thirty grand, Frank, and $50 an hour, I think you'll go protest, too, won't you? But they're not saying if it's peaceful or not now, are they, Frank? No, I don't care. I mean, oh, so you're gonna go? Uh, you're gonna go sign up here, okay, Frank? For fifty bucks an hour, Al. Hey, what the heck? Can Donald? And twenty five hundred hey. a month. That's thirty hey. grand a year. Hey, Al. Can Donald Trump offer me something better? Yeah, maybe he'll uh, offer you a bullet or something. Who knows? I think he should offer this cut, this demand protest company a you bullet. You see, the 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 problem with this is. As long as there's things like that available, paying better wages than a real job, uh, we don't have a whole lot to say. You know what? Because people, look, what are you going to, no, you shouldn't do that. You should live in a ditch. violently, Frank, then you shouldn't be getting paid $2,500. Well, hell, you know what? We both have uh, already acknowledged that peaceful protesting doesn't work anymore. Oh, we know that, Frank. That's, that's a given. But, but, but violent protesting is, quote, against the law, isn't it, Frank? Oh, well, hey, you know, so, hey, propaganda used to be against the law, too. Let's oh, just that's right, we pen. don't, that's right, everything's entered, there is no more propaganda, Frank, according to what you've said, it's not, we have nothing but entertainment, is that correct, Frank? It's well, no, 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 there's two different things going on, propaganda and entertainment. Oh! They're not one and the same anymore. Okay, no, I, see, thought, propaganda, I thought the way you the way you explained that law was that propaganda is now entertainment. Now, no, propaganda is now legal where it did not used to be legal. Okay? Oh, okay. And the news medias have been redesignated as entertainment rather than news. Okay, so we have so there's two different Wonderland things. now is what we've got. Now, okay, now no, they are now connected, got... but they are connected, Al, because you see uh, a news agency pumping out propaganda isn't really a news agency, is it? Well, now it's entertainment according that, to this law. Right, they fixed that. And they said, well, that's because it isn't. It's entertainment. Oh. So all the real train wrecks and all the buildings on fire, that is entertainment, even if they are happening, actually, right? I that guess. is entertainment, Frank. Well, anything, the building's you know. burning down. Frank's farm is on fire. All his animals are gone, but that's entertainment to show to the world, right? Well, and, and there's another aspect of this, too, because the news agencies, now things that happen... Then they like to say, well, uh, you go to their website, and they go, okay, there was a fire on Main Street. Mm -hmm. You know, ten people died. Okay. Uh, But that's entertainment now, Frank. That's not news. Yeah, and then at the bottom of it, though, it says, uh, and you're not allowed to rebroadcast this or uh, reprint this or do anything without our permission. Yeah, you see that on all the things. Yeah, because we own the news. Well, wait a minute. How do you own? How do you end up owning the news? You didn't create the news, did you? No. Well, wait a minute. Did you? Maybe you did. 
Maybe oh, it's if not you news. The news, then yeah, maybe you did. If if you falsified something and said, well, See, gee whiz, uh, Satan Way in downtown Medford is burning, and we created that, so we own it. Now you can't you See, can't rebroadcast that, right, Frank? Is my that point. What? My point is that look, if I witness something that happens, yes, and I tell you about it, I don't own that. Because I didn't create not. that. You saw it happen. You're just relaying what you saw. Right. And you can tell anybody you want because I don't own it because I didn't create it. Mm-hmm. But let's just, because I'm a news agency, but let's just say now I'm entertainment. So everything I put out, I can say I own because I'm putting it out as an entertainment piece. And I created it, so I own it because now, it's full of lies. Now, what if you the same way in Medford, Frank, and you burn it down? Do you own that now, Frank, because you burned it down? I don't know. See, I would say, look, hey, if I'm a criminal and, I, and you're reporting on my actions, then I must own it because I created it. Well, you burned down the store, Frank, so you created the burning of the store, so you own it, and, and Al can't rebroadcast or it. I want, or I want a piece of Al's advertising money. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah, Frank. It's Alice in Wonder. Not on, on top of being Nazi America, we're in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, they, now. They, you know, the lunatics are running the asylum. For oh, they're, 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 that's, <laughs> been, uh, that's been going on for a long time. The inmates I mean, running the asylum, Frank. Yeah. Nothing has changed there. I mean, this is just—it's gotten—it's got you, yeah, Al. Okay, 30 years ago, could you, I mean, well, you, you said, yeah, hey, you know what, in 2017, this is what it's going to be like. I mean, well, you Frank, you, know. you said, and you've said this several times on AVR, when you were a young kid and your dad was still alive and you were watching the idiot box and your dad said, hey, I don't believe that. Remember you two were saying that? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, he told I me. I mean, hey. this is when you were a young, young kid now, Frank, is what I'm talking about. That's right? the that was the first time I heard the phrase from my dad when I started saying, "Yeah, but they're you know they're professional journalists and they're on TV and they're big shots and they're and famous." And what did Daddy and say to Frank? He says, "Well, figures don't lie, but liars, liars can, figure. can figure." And I'm like, walked away oh, thinking my no, dad was sudden, nuts. The light bulb came on. No, over. no, no, the light bulb didn't come on. Then I thought my dad was an old idiot who just didn't know what. Oh, was going he didn't on. know what he was. Talking about right, right, right. Took me quite a while, to, you know. Yeah, and as soon as you got older, you were surprised how much Dad had learned in the next ten years, right? <laughs> That's right. He got a lot smarter. <laughs> you know, I don't know what he did. He, you know, he, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you know, I think the safest thing to do, Frank, if it's coming from the lamestream media. Even if it looks like it might be true, just consider it all lies. Forget the propaganda. Just consider it all lies. Is, is that the way we should work now? I think so, because, I mean, okay, it's like, look, how do you, well, treat the media like you treat people you know. Because, okay, Al, how does it go for you? Now, and we've all had friends that... Well, are, sometimes your friends may tell you a little white right. lie because they don't we, want to upset you. Or, or they're just liars. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, you, we've all had friends that don't don't exactly... They tell, don't always tell you the truth. They don't tell you. you the truth. And you know they don't tell you the truth. But they're nice guys and they're okay. And mm-hmm. other than they, they lie all the time, you know, they're okay. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, and hey, who cares anyway because... You know, he's just a friend of mine, right? That's right. So you hang out with him, and, uh, you know, what are they saying? It ain't costing me any money out of my pocket. Let's put it that way. So let's say Bob's your liar friend, and Bob tells you something. You go, oh, okay, Bob, and you walk off, and 
You're talking. And then you find out later that Bob was lying, and right? No, you just figure Bob's lying because Bob always lies. So, but you're talking to Bill, your mm-hmm. your other buddy Bill, and you're talking. Yeah, but and, Bill, Bill was pretty honest with you. Right, and Bill mentions, yeah, you know, I ran into Bob the other day. He's he looked he looked like he was doing good, and you go, yeah, you know, I just talked to Bob a couple hours ago. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, Bob said this, but, Bill, you know, consider the source. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that how we treat the people we're around if we know you're a liar? Well, if we know you're a liar, we treat everybody, especially the media. We The, the only thing we can do with the media is treat them. They will never, never tell you the truth. Well, never. and that's, see, that's not, that's not 100% either, because they do mix in some truth in what they say, and... Yeah, you but know, a half-truth is as bad as a lie, Frank, because half of it is still a lie, isn't uh, it? Unless you can discern yes, what part of it's true. Yes, you have to be able true. to discern the garbage from the good stuff, yes. And I'm not saying, you know, uh, put a turban on your head and a crystal ball and start going, well, I believe that's true. No, when you hear stuff, go look it up. Go check it out. You're going to have to do a little oh, work. fact-checking, as they say. It is. And you know what? You can verify things. And, and you know, and... and Hey, if things don't look like they're they're panning out, then it's probably a lie. Yeah, I hate to say it, but uh, the current guy coming in here, he's uh, sort of a, a semi-liar, too, the current guy coming in. Which current guy is that? Guy, Mr. Mr. Haircut. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, let's put it this way. He's got to learn one thing, and I don't think he ever will because his ego is bigger than Texas. He's got to learn to engage brains before putting mouth in gear, which he doesn't do a lot of times. I don't know. I'm kind of glad to see somebody shooting from the hip for once. And, you know, I'm, I am so sick of politically correct. I'd rather have, Oh, you know, I'll tell you what. I would these rather have don't somebody. Like it. Don't let the door hit you in the yeah. rear end on the way. All these Hollywood people who said they were going to leave if Donald won, oh, yeah. I haven't seen any of them leaving, have you? No, they're still here stinking the place up. But, yeah. you know, how about this, Al? I don't yeah. know if you've read this. I'm, I'm, I'm really crying over this. My my, my heart is bleeding. I'm, yeah, I'm I want to know. Your piles are bleeding on yeah. this one? Uh, the Never Trump people, you know, the ones that signed the uh, the letters saying, oh, he's a this and he's a that, and blah, 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 just ran oh. them down, right? Yeah. And And these are all, you know, uh, Republicans, right? They're all Republicans uh, that signed these letters, right? That say okay. oh, Trump's terrible, he's horrible, the never Trump people, right? Yeah, whatever. Well, the never Trump national security Republicans fear that they have been blacklisted. Oh, our piles bleed for them. You know, what do these people expect? Let's see. Okay, so you badmouth the incoming president, you tell everybody he's unqualified, he's dangerous. He's and it goes on and on. He's just a terrible person, and we hate his guts. Never him. Uh, he's yeah. horrible. He's going to nuke us all. He's yeah, going to kill us all. Yeah, let's put Hitler in, even though she lost. Let's put Hitler back in. She, and, she deserves it, right? And these dirtbags that signed those letters, yeah, actually expect what? Donald Trump to turn around and give them jobs? I'm not going to kiss their rear ends at all. He's going to fire no, but them all. It, when you read go. this, when you read this article, this is how they act, as though. Well, I'm just so all that that he should be calling me because uh, I just know so much about so much. Yeah. That, and, well, and I'll it's tell just you, it's even right. worse than these dirtbags is this guy from Georgia, this Lewis. And Trump called him out really well, and he said, you know what? You should be taking care of your own district worrying about what, uh, what my qualifications are. 
these people are going to lose a lot of their power, uh, Frank, if Trump doesn't get the Kennedy treatment. He's going to, he's, what is he going to do? He's getting ready to cut 20% of the federal workforce. He should be cutting 90% of it. Yeah, they actually think that, they, you see, they're so used to having the inside track that they get uh, asked questions about things. You know what? These dirtbags should be frozen out of every job that ever existed that they might have had. My know? attitude is if Trump cuts 90% of the federal workforce and cuts the spending by 80%, he could be doing a lot of good. Like Tom Ridge, Michael Chertoff, huh? Carla all these, Hill. All these, all these bureaucrats, bureau rats. You know, and they're the ones that signed this, and now they're whining because, oh, well, we're not, our phones aren't ringing, we're not well, getting a job. Well, that's too bad about you. The, the status, I think the status is no longer going to stay quo anymore, Frank. It's going to be real interesting to see what happens to well, the status. Well, it's like somebody going, uh, uh, Al decides, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open a business. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of business. I'm going to open a business. Right. And then all these people who would... You know, uh, you might, they know how to do the jobs you'll need for your business, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. They all Don't have to hire people, in other words. They right? all write a, a letter and sign it that uh, Al's a scumbag, he's an idiot, he's a liar, he's stupid. Al uh, doesn't he's know what he's talking about, right? Right, so now Al opens his business, and, uh, you know, it, it's a very successful business. People and like, all these scumbags are crying because Al won't hire them, right? Now Al doesn't hire them. How, how mean is that, Al? We bashed you, Al, but we still want you to hire us, even though we think you're a scumbag, right, Al? Yeah. You know, I I mean... Well, you guys are the scumbags, and you guys are the ones who need to be sent off to Russia or China somewhere where you can practice your communism. They need to shut the hell up because, hey, I don't care. You wrote a letter. You said he's this, that, and the other thing. Hey, you know, if you feel that way, good for you. Then leave. Good for you for standing up and saying what you think about the guy, but you know what? You lost. That's and, right. And you know what? Losing has consequences. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Losing no has it. consequences. Oh, gee, they're not going to get that 250 grand a year anymore. You're going to be down to 10000 bucks a year yeah. now because you're going to be flipping burgers at Mickey D's yeah, or something. And you now. also don't get to uh, influence the war machine of the United States yeah, government. Yeah, the war machine. You know what? The War Department or the, uh, the, war, uh, the war manufacturers, they can go out of business tomorrow because we don't need any more bombs. Or t- t- What do we got? $400 billion to the F-35? Donald should cancel it right now, the F-35. Well, sure, and and the, you know the thing is though, we don't have one aircraft carrier out to sea because they're all broken down in the yeah, shipyard. Yeah, and the new and the new twelve billion oh, dollar aircraft gonna, carrier, the Gerald R. Ford, that's a piece of garbage. That ain't gonna that. work. That ain't gonna work in 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 five years. That's still gonna be not working. Okay. <laughs> no, really, it's so. Oh, I hear what up. you're saying. And the what's his name, the Zumwalt ship that can't uh, that broke down. Well, that's never going to work either until they replace all the chips in it with non-Chinese. Yeah. You think we ought to start making our own stuff over here, Frank? You think there's anything that's made in China that we can't make here? Oh, no, Al. Oh, we've got to have it over there because it's cheaper, right? That would be unfriendly also. Oh, because uh, it'll cost too much to make it here, and the companies won't make as much profit, so we have to use the slave labor in China, right? Well, and Al, you know, it would be unfriendly, and China might not like it. Oh, gee whiz. What are we going to do about poor China? I don't know. Maybe tell them 
Hey, guess what? I don't care what you what you like and what you don't. That's you know, right. It's too bad. You know, I'm the president of the United States. I got to do what's best for this country. Hey, General Motors is gonna. Uh, I see General Motors is gonna add jobs. Well, China Mart's gonna create ten thousand jobs after they closed all their stores. Hmm. Isn't that wonderful, China Mart? Yeah, that's just great. Except they are closing stores. How how is how are they gonna be adding jobs and closing stores? That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't get this. It's Germany- Bayer will add 3,000 jobs. You know, it's yeah, the same here thing. there. It's the same thing as, uh, well, the unemployment rate's down, and there's more people not working than ever before in history. We have nearly 100 million people out of work, but we only have a 4.5% unemployment. Yeah, how does that work, yeah. Al? How does that work? I don't know, Frank. It's, it's that government accounting, and guess what, Frank? We're out of time. Why, look at the clock. It's true, we are, and we got to go. So, Al, thanks for being yes, on. We'll, we'll see, see what Tuesday. happens after the uh, brouhaha in D.C. on Friday, won't we, Frank? Well, that'll be very interesting, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. See you next week, Frank. All right, see you next Bye-bye. week, Al. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We'll be back again tonight, and we got a great day coming up, uh, so don't go anywhere. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs> and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. 
visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. America Betrayed. They are listening to us on AVR, American Voice Radio Network. You're always going to hear the truth. Also, if you want to read the truth, go to nationalwritersyndicate.com. That's www.nationalwritersyndicate.com. You can see a lot of my articles uh, I've written over the years on there. And uh, also, um, you get a preview of each week's show prior on nationalwritersyndicate.com. But uh, like I said, AVR uh, Radio, you're going to hear the truth. National Writers Syndicate, you're going to read the truth, not like the 
mainstream media. I mean, un- unbelievable. I don't know if you've been watch- watching uh, these uh, confirmation hearings, but it's just absolutely sickening that a person like Sessions has to sit there and listen to these scumbags, uh, these uh, Democrats. Uh, I mean, it- it's just absolutely sickening. Sickening. I mean, first they had people come running down the aisle uh, dressed in KKK outfits, and they were really terrible outfits. When I put on press conferences in D.C., they did the same thing to us, but they had really nice outfits. They really looked like KKK. These these were terrible. They must be running short on money or something. But they're going to do everything they can to stop us from getting our country back. They have a stranglehold. They've been doing it for many years by bringing all these illegal aliens in. That's the reason, one of the reasons why I got involved, because years ago, I got involved back in 93, I got involved because uh, I saw that one day they would probably try to succeed from the United States if they brought enough people in. And look what happened. Three million extra people voted for Hillary. It all came from California, illegal aliens. And they've been voting in our elections for a long time. Long time. Also, you know, they keep saying that uh, moderate uh, Muslims are ma- uh, moderate Islam. There is no such thing. If they follow the Quran, there is no such thing as a moderate. It's their duty to either convert us or kill us. But, yeah, we are bringing them in. Well, we are not. This clown, this idiot, this uh, low-life homo that just well, – I hope he's going to be out of the White House. hope he has his bag pack, packs and takes Sasquatch uh, with him. That's that uh, man or woman who's ever with, whatever she is. Also, I think that any of these demonstrators uh, that uh, uh, burn buildings down or injure people or property or whatever, they should cut off their welfare, uh, food stamps, anything. Just uh, I hope Trump does something like that. <laughs> enough is enough. And this McCain, uh, McCain should have been facing a firing squad a long time ago. He was called the Songbird in Vietnam. He's uh, been trained to wreck uh, uh, Trump. Uh, he is a rhino. He's no good. Him and his girlfriend, uh, uh, Lindsey uh, um, Graham, terrible, terrible people, terrible. The NAACP should be listed as a terrorist organization. It was, originally, it was started by a white communist. The Demo Rats should be listed as a terrorist organization. Now, if you'd like to call in, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. Now, one of the things that Trump said he wants to do, well, tonight we're going to have Rattlesnake Ray on the show and also uh, Frank Stefan and uh, hoping Mr. X, uh, we're trying to get a hold of him down in Mexico. Um, we're going to be talking uh, primarily about illegal immigration uh, how it's really totally out of control, but two things are, or a few things that are happening um, that we want to talk, uh, talk about and get straightened out. Uh, I get, like I said, I got involved back in '93, and, and at that time it was just poor little migrants coming across the border, yeah, which I didn't think was a big deal. But then I realized they were being used; they were the new slaves, and uh, you know the doctors and nurses uh, were against us uh, when we came out with Proposition 187. Uh, that was to cut off benefits to illegal aliens. And I realized after going to Washington, D.C. for a while how bad it was. But Trump brought it really to the front. I mean, it is just beyond belief how many people have their hand in the pot. Okay. Um 
Mr. X is uh, connected. Uh, he's originally from Mexico, but he is an American citizen. And he's pretty well connected uh, to both governments. That's why we call him Mr. X. He knows what's going on, and, and uh, he's told me some pretty disturbing news of what's going on. Now, he's down in the San Ysidro area. Rattlesnake Ray is in Arizona. He has a ranch only a mile from the uh, uh, border down there. And we're going to try to get some things straightened out. I've heard some very disturbing things that are going on. We're going to try to get that settled. First off, uh, let's uh, let's go to Mr. Rex. Uh, Mr. Rex, good evening. Hi, how are you, John? Uh, very good. Uh, Mr. X, I'm going to have Rattlesnake on, uh, Ray on also because, uh, you know, like I said, you two represent two parts of the border that uh, Trump is going to be building the wall, we hope. And uh, we want to find out if you think that will be effective. Uh, Ray, good evening. Rattlesnake Ray. Hello, John. How are you tonight? Good, Ray. Uh, say hello to Mr. X. Uh, he's speaking to you from San Diego or maybe uh, somewhere in Mexico. Don't know yet. There he very, very good. I'm glad to hear you're still safe down there, X. Yes, I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps. Uh, you're one of the few, then, are you? <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah. be joining. Uh, also, that will be joining us. Be uh, Frank Steffen, who has a show on on uh, this network. Also, a very good show. Not quite as good as mine, but um, it's still up there. Okay. Uh, First off, um, uh, Mr. X, uh, you told me some things that um, all Mexicans are going back into Mexico from the United States now are being checked uh, for two things, their fuel tanks and also for ammunition. Why is that? Well, what's really um, within the last uh, two weeks, there's been a, a drastic change, a metamorphosis has happened with the, um, uh, the country of Mexico. And uh, the, the reason they're concerned about, you know, weapons and guns and everything else has always been the same. But I think this time, the next step now is the people themselves want to arm themselves. Um, to bring you a quick story right now, Mexico right now is, is not uh, very stable. We, ha we have a situation where uh, the president had, had told people that there was going to be a change in the price of fuel. Uh, the fuel, the gasoline that is used in Mexico, oils and other things, come from the United States. And they're taken into um, northern Mexico and, and up along the western coast. They bring in oil from the American country. And what happens is that the country of Mexico has been subsidizing the price of oil by 20% for years and years and years. Many years ago... Um, Mexico used to have American companies that were drilling and were selling gasoline, uh, you know, uh, there in the country of Mexico, just like they sold in the United States. But then there was a time, uh, straight out fact, they were kicked out of out of Mexico, and uh, the oil companies became nationalized and became what they call Pemex, which means Petróleos Mexicanos, and that's the green gasoline stations you see all over the country of Mexico. So the government continued to subsidize the gasoline, but now all of a sudden the president of Mexico, seeing that the president that that the um, price of of crude oil is going down so much, and uh, and uh, you know he's continuously subsidizing the price of everything, that the country of Mexico says, you know what, we're not making any any head run with this oil. 
the oil that we're selling is coming out of out of the ports on the eastern side of the country and it's going into the United States. So it makes kind of a circle. But now Mexico said, okay, starting in January, American companies will be allowed to sell oil again, gasoline stations, et cetera, like we're used to in the United States in Mexico. And he, he passed the law. So the gas stations and stuff uh, who are buying the oil, all of a sudden are not getting the subsidizing from the Mexican government, that 20%. And uh, the people all of a sudden found out that the price of their oil went up 20%, which caused, in these last two weeks, you, you cannot imagine the, the disruptions that have been happening. You have a major toll roads and things where the government would collect lots of money from being opened up because the workers and toll roads are no longer, you know, everything's gone up in price because the price of oil goes up, price of gasoline, diesel, everything. Um, you know, the only thing that stayed the same was salaries, uh, teachers, um, you know, anything to do with the government. Uh, you know, all of a sudden everything went up in price and, and, uh, you know, the people are still earning the same amount of money. Imagine losing 20% of your salaries um, that you're earning right now. $2 out of 10, goodbye. And so the people are really, really upset. In Tijuana, um, in, the, in the middle of the city, there's a place called Rio Tijuana, which is the river area. And um, just to give you an idea, um, a couple of days ago, they went out with, they found this gas truck going in to load up the gasoline station. Um, the civilian population, people, by the hundreds, if not thousands, are running around in different sections, and they went up to this gas truck, they stopped it, opened up the, the container so that the fuel would spill out into the streets, and then ignited it. Um, huh. In the city of Rosarito, they, they have marches going on, and what, what people don't realize is happening is the people are marching and stuff, and all of a sudden the police, the federal police, came down, and they decided to get rid of all the media. That includes any media from any country. Told them to get out, and then they proceeded to start beating up on people and stuff, um, like any other third world country. They started doing that. Um, Mr. X, uh, again, Mr. X, again, why why are they checking Mexicans coming back into Mexico? What what are they looking for? They're looking for Mexican people that are now crossing the border because they can't buy gas. They're crossing the border into the United States, and they were stopping them from crossing. At first, it was the government. Now it's the people themselves, the civilian population of Mexico, going into the border checkpoints, coming into Mexico, and stopping the people from coming from the United States into Mexico. Now... There's over 500,000 American citizens and other patriots from other countries living in Mexico. This is a very serious thing. The protests, I'm only speaking to you in the areas where I am able to, to get my information from directly. And I don't tell you how I get my information directly, but it's kind of dangerous. But I get my information directly. But this stuff is going on throughout the entire country. The hopes is that eventually the people will get tired and they'll just accept the fact that now instead of earning four dollars a day, they're they're receiving two dollars and eighty two dollars or three dollars and twenty cents a day. Aren't they, aren't they looking for weapons also, Mr. X? Yes, uh, the weapons have always been a problem. The weapons have always been a, they've always been afraid that they're going to the cartels, 
But now normal civilians are beginning to pack up. They're beginning to pass bullets and, and they're beginning to get weapons and stuff because they need to defend themselves. Now, it's really a sad thing for me because I've been trying to, to you know, uh, soften that country. I've been across the border with, with some pretty uh, um, patriotic American citizens and been able to stop revolutions from happening. But I think right now those people that are my friends, and I think you know them too, John, you know, that went across the border with me, you know, this time it's out of our control. It's way, way, way gone beyond that. Um, Mr. X, I think, uh, Mr. X, I think Ray would like to uh, have a question for you. All right. Uh, yeah, you, you know what? Uh, an interesting thing is, Mr. X, is uh, the American media doesn't. If this happened in any other country, if this was in Iraq, Iran, the Middle East, somewhere, or uh, France, and throughout Europe, we would hear about it. To. Uh, our media, somebody would be down there saying, oh, this is basically going to become a humanitarian crisis. Why do you think that we haven't had any of our you know, blatantly, openly left-wing liberal media down here trying to, uh, down in New Mexico, trying to, uh, you know, bring to light the, uh, the plight of these Mexican people? What's happening to them? Well, I think the population is ready to explode. I myself am part of the media, um, you know, and I'm telling you that people are just staying quiet. I don't know why. I, I would assume that it has something to do with the one world order, that that might be, you know, becoming a mature thing now. Um, we have our, our, you know, pact that we've created between Mexico, the United States, and Canada, but I, I see that pact up. Well, they're trying to bring down the United States down to the level of Mexico and, and Canada coming together as one and making it to where, you know, people are just going to cross this border. I'm, I'm right yeah. now, as I'm speaking, I'm about four miles from the border, and there's nothing between me and Mexico except a big mountain. And I can tell you, if, the, if this thing turns out to, to what we think is possible that might happen, I think we're going to see waves of people coming through these mountains. And the United Mr. States... Mr. X, uh, I've got Frank, uh, Frank Stefan. Frank, uh, I've got a question for uh, Mr. X. Well, yeah, kind of a question and, a, and an observation that uh, I haven't heard or read or seen any good reason why the Mexican government would do this 20% uh, rise or not subsidize anymore uh, except that they must want exactly what they're getting uh, for whatever reason and I think you, you hit on it with the New World Order and all this I mean they are not happy with Trump being elected they want to destabilize as much of the world as they possibly can you see them doing it with China you see them doing it with Russia now we have Mexico having riots because of something that didn't need to happen the Mexican government could keep subsidizing that all this other stuff is meaningless to that I mean you know they can pump their own oil they own all that like you said they nationalize all the Mexican oil there's a lot of oil under the Mexican land they could get that. They could subsidize it. They don't have to do this, is my point. Uh, but they are doing it, and they must be doing it for a purpose. And I have to figure that whatever is happening was their purpose. 
Well, yeah, I would have to agree with you, uh, Frank. Frank, and uh, uh, you know, again, yeah, Mexico does have a lot of oil, and, and Frank, it makes a lot of sense there. Why would they? Uh, this. They've always been afraid of a revolution for many years. That's why they've been sending so many uh, illegals up to uh, the United States to relieve the, uh, the pressure valve. So it seems to me that uh, they do have a plan. Uh, they're heavy at work to try to stop Trump. I mean, uh, the wall and everything else. I mean, there's so many factions involved here. It's just uh, beyond belief. You know, but, and on uh, the other hand, when you when you said imagine 20%, well, a lot of Americans don't have to imagine it. It happened to them. We call it Obamacare. You know, the, the people that are involved in that that aren't getting subsidized in this country, you know, they're looking at 20% out of their paycheck just to go to premiums for that nightmare. Well, we're yeah. in the That's process right. I think Mr. X, uh, I, I know wait, you're in Tijuana. Uh, Ray, go, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask Mr. X. Uh, I know you're in Tijuana. That's pretty close to, uh, I mean, it's right on that California border. Have you heard of anything like this going on deeper into the interior of Mexico, into some of the bigger cities, or anything like, uh, is Mexico City, or the people down there pretty much, uh, you know, like you said, with the tanker truck getting set up wanting to arm themselves, or is this, this just something that you think is maybe closer to the U.S. border? No. I think it's happening through to the entire country. And the goal for the Mexican government to answer the question of what they're trying to do is they're trying to get away from paying that 20% subsidy that's taking away money from the government that's getting less and less of an income to, to supposedly stabilize the country of Mexico so it doesn't collapse and go back into these horrific debts that they had before. Um, so that, that's the big thing. They're hoping that eventually when the American gas stations go on in there, that uh, they're going to be able to have different prices, gasoline, it won't be said by the government. And the challenge is for whoever can get the most sales of gas, and they're going to mess around with the price so that they can make the, the Mexican public uh, better. They'll have a better gasoline type of thing and stuff. That's what's being told to those of us that are in the, in the supposed loop. But... You know, the, the country itself might go too far. It, it just might just go too far this time. The next city right now uh, that's going to go into major turmoil is the city of Mexicali, which is about a hundred and something miles from me. That country has a real possibility. It's the capital of the state of Baja, California. And that country, right, that state, that city has some, some real issues um, yeah. coming up to it within the next few days. You've been Mr. there X, with me, John. Mr. X, yes. can you hold that thought? We're coming up on break. Uh, we're going to be right after break. We're going to be coming back and finding out uh, what you found out about ISIS working with the drug cartels to attack American cities, number one. And uh, also, I know about Mexicali because I was down there with you, and I asked uh, the, the, the vice uh, governor there uh, about Chinese restaurants, and I was astounded when he told me there were 150 Chinese restaurants in Mexicali. So yeah, there's a lot of things that work down there that people aren't aware of. I hope it doesn't happen. But uh, right after break, uh, we're going to come back and uh, finish this discussion from Mr. X and also Rattlesnake Ray and uh, Frank. And if you'd like to call in, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. Listening to America Betrayed on AVR, American Voice Radio Network. See you right after the break. Yeah. 
helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, Uh, Mr. X, like I said, I, I've gotten three different sources telling me that uh, 
the uh, ISIS is working with the drug cartels. One area is Nuevo uh, Leon. I may be pronouncing it uh, wrong, but other areas, three other areas down there. Have you got? To, and I've talked to you briefly about it, and you said there's. If you find out that that's true, that Mexican government is uh, working with them or anything, you could get the military down there to uh, put a stop to. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, that would be it, the Mexican government is not interested in bringing in those people to destroy themselves. But I can tell you this much right now that I my experience has been that when I have I have approached those people here at the border, um, I have tried to go to the American customs by walking across in San Isidro and speaking to to whoever was in charge there at the border crossing. And the immigration officers there took me like a clown. So what I did, I says, well, shoot, the heck with this. I don't really care. So what I did is I went back across the border into Mexico, and I talked to some, you know, Mexican soldiers that were smaller than the rifle they were carrying. And I went up and I mentioned the people and that they were speaking in Arabic, and they had some clothing that wasn't appropriate for either Mexicans or Americans to be wearing. And I just told them about it, and they just kind of looked at me, looked, bounced their little heads up and down, and they go on over there with their with their big old giant rifles with a machete at the end, or whatever that, what do they call it, bayonet at the end. And before I knew it, I saw them walking out with all of them in line. The next day, the Mexican government reported that they'd caught um, 11 of those type of terrorist people at the border. And just as simple as that, they took them away. So the, the explanation that I got from the American customs agent was is that Mexico is a sovereign country and they have no right to be looking, even if it's just right on the other side of the border, of which I told them. I told them, I described them, I told them where they were at and everything. And I've had other incidences uh, slightly out of there on the other side of Rosarito where there was uh, those happy people gathering and the Mexicans did gather them up and take them away and they don't treat them like Guantanamo. I mean, these guys are really tough on those people. So I have to go back and believe that, that the Mexican people don't want those people in their country because their families are there. They're, you know, everybody that, that is uh, related that they care about is also in that country. We need to we need to come together. We need to come together with our Latin American friends who do trade with us and stuff. If if anything else but to do commerce and trade, we need to to make sure that we don't alienate people by saying statements that are that are not logical. We need yeah. we need hey, to make yeah. sure that. Ray, have you uh, seen any evidence in your area, Arizona, down there, of uh, Middle Eastern people coming through? Well, there. I've never seen any of it myself, John. But I've had uh, uh, other different ranchers and people that have been out in the, the back country and border patrol agents that have said yes, they've found quite a few uh, Muslim, the Quran, uh, prayer rugs, or a lot of evidence that Muslims have been brought up through the border. And also, there's the there's always the stories that. Uh, in Mexico, and this is uh, over, you know, east where our, our favorite uh, cocaine brain used to have hold of it. Uh, Douglas, Arizona, and our Prieta, Arizona, the actual customs agents have told me that there are several small, very, you know, not uh, the big mosques that you would see somewhere, but uh, there are some mosques being built 
to areas like that in Mexico. And I did wonder about it, question two, because like Mr. X was saying, the Mexican people aren't, I uh, you know, if they're aware of that, Mexico is predominantly a Catholic society. And it definitely doesn't go with it. But when I did bring up something like this to customs agents, they said, you have to remember one thing, in small villages throughout Mexico, and even though Arapieta has uh, over 100,000 people, the Mexican economy, the Mexican government, the people in Mexico work on the mordida, the bite, the bribe. So everything is a payoff there. And they said they, that it's, these people go, and it's just like the United States, uh, oh, these are nice people, you know, they're really great people. They're very modest in, in a way, you know, they're not in your face or anything and it was what they're doing. So uh, as long as they said that a governor in Mexico or whoever would receive enough of a payment to allow something like that to uh, be built, a small mosque, then they said, uh, yeah, you know, they, they have no, no doubt about it. They do, they do say that there are some mosques down in uh, Mexico right along this Mexican border. Yeah, Ray, you brought up uh, cocaine Bahrain. Uh, I did an investigation into that guy many, many years ago. Really amazing. He used to be an FBI special agent, and uh, he was educated in Colombia and I think in Mexico. And he became mayor of uh, uh, Douglas, Arizona, and had, that's his nickname, cocaine Bahrain. Uh, all the cocaine was coming right through that county, and I talked to some of the Border Patrol agents in that area. Most were re very reluctant to uh, uh, talk to him, but I did find a supervisor who knew who I was and uh, somebody I knew in San Diego area. And, and he said, oh yeah, we have all the information. And I said, well, I have a quite quite a uh, file on uh, this guy. It's just amazing. And also, hey, the John, thing, uh, yeah. And John, one thing that, that that is very important that I mentioned that I had over missed um, in uh, Tijuana right now, in the last two weeks, three weeks, there there has been a, a sighting of a large group of African people that are being passed into the United States. Um, my understanding is that they're bringing them across like 10 or so a day quietly into the United States. They are from Africa. They don't speak Spanish or English. And uh, that is being done legally. So this is something that is totally new to you in your program right now. I will try to confirm that for you and tell you where they're going through and stuff. But the, these black people are being brought across the border from Tijuana. Uh, and I'm so sorry if I didn't bring it up. You know, I forget things real fast. I heard that. Well, that's because of that slime ball. Uh, yeah, that's leaving the White House now, bringing in um, the the goal. Whole goal is to destroy the white race. Uh, that, that's uh, the goal. It's called white genocide, uh, and it also destroy the middle class, which was basically the uh, the white race. So uh, they're bringing them into different areas also for voting. Uh, because look, uh, look what happened. They saw what states that they need to to get. Uh, they're always looking ahead uh, here. So uh, that's more uh, Frank. Uh, John, I'd like to ask Mr. Mr. X if he's ever heard of uh, anything that such as it is. What I'm going to tell you, uh, I have had custom agents, like I say, in, in guys up higher in the administration who couldn't ever bring this up to the uh, 
you know, to Washington, D.C., they just uh, basically hide it. But uh, there are a lot of stories that go on that there are Muslims from whatever. They don't, they don't say where the Muslims are from in Mexico that are actually living with the Mexican population, paying people in Mexico to live with them and paying them quite a bit of money, a lot of money. And what they're doing is they're learning to speak Spanish and they're taking on, uh, for the most part, when they come across the border, it would be very difficult for the average person to differentiate between them and a Mexican. The, uh, the customs agents are, I mean, they, you know, they can they spot a lot of this. They know it and they say they have picked up several of them that they found out have come from a Muslim country, although they've had no ties to ISIS or anything like that. They couldn't pin that on them, but they wondered why a Muslim that could basically come up here and really, like any other Mexican, just sneak into the country in the United States fairly easily, why they would go to the extent of trying to learn Mexican culture, Mexican language, mannerisms, and whatnot. Have you, have you heard well, anything about I that? Yes, I have. And let me just tell you, I can confirm that 100% because we have been in a situation where I, as a volunteer, have been able to be in a position to apprehend some of these people because they use my, my abilities to speak Spanish. You know, I'm somewhat educated in both cultures and both people, so I, I understand it. But let me tell you something that goes beyond that. To carry it forward beyond that, the reason that they're getting together with the Mexican families is to pick up the accents and all that as you speak with them for a while. And then they also wait for somebody to die. When the person dies, they take over their birth certificates, and they don't come in sneaking across the border. They actually legally come across the border as Mexican citizens. You know, they have plenty of money to pay all the requirements that the American government requires. And, uh, you know, for all definitions and all purposes, they are the people that is on that birth certificate. But that, that is, is exactly what, um, just what you said is exactly what the customs agents told me, that they will, for, for every 100% you look at them, you would think that they are a Mexican citizen. And they said they've even gone so far as to actually apply for Mexican citizenship. So, uh, yeah, like you said, you're one more correct, step beyond that. They, uh, in the in the border patrol control world, they everybody who is not Mexican is considered an OTM, means other than Mexican. And you'd be surprised that the people that are coming from all around the world don't just think it's the Mexicans or the Cubans or the Puerto Ricans, whatever. Well, the Puerto Ricans come in legally. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is everybody that is not supposed to be coming in here is also coming through this border. Um, you know, people from Africa, people, even European people. We uh, got a hold of some people that were from Holland that gave us information about a um, military base being built in, in Holland that later on turned out to be true, and they actually stopped the, the Russians from building this base and they got it for an exchange. But even the Dutch and, and other countries that want the people want to come into our country because it has to do with their overtaxation in their countries. Don't think that Europe is in perfect shape either. There are people trying to leave Europe because of the influx of uh, uh, Muslim people and their, you know, their rights and, and their abilities to make work. I met with some people that are working three jobs 
a, in one day so that they can take care of their families because they're just not making it. One of them was in the military and working two jobs on the side. So, yeah, that is happening. Um, uh, Frank, very uh, Frank, you got a question? You got a question for Mr. X? No, actually, I'm just listening, and it's uh, very interesting. You know, yeah, Mr. X, what you said is right about people from different countries come in. The agents down here have told me that they're seeing a major influx of people from Romania. And, uh, that is true. Chinese remaining uh, uh, from Poland also, and I think Poland actually is... Uh, pretty stable throughout Europe right now why they had a lot of people from Poland come in, but they said Romania is uh, a real high percentage of the people they're picking up. Yeah. There's several countries that are in the process of collapse economically. The more intelligent people that have some type of, uh, uh, maybe I could say educational knowledge, not necessarily from the secular world, but just understanding how commerce is working, they can see that the economy the dollar, for instance, they can see their own currencies not going in the right direction. Those of us in America that think that our currencies, our American dollar is so powerful that nothing can go wrong. I mean, I've been part of devaluations and, you know, collapses of money that have just been horrible in my life, my personal life. And if that were ever to happen to our country, Everybody's so far into debt with credit cards and houses and, and everything. We're in, everybody's in the hundreds of thousands, and it's easy to get credit. But, gosh, darn it, man, we're going too far, you know? Uh, That's Mr. X, did you, did you tell me that uh, there were some people that are living in Europe in the mountains uh, still, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, you told me that there were some people that uh, had million-dollar homes that are now living up in the mountains uh, near where you're at because uh, they, they failed. They, they, they just couldn't make it anymore. Is that correct? That's me. It's no, just a simple no. just, there, no, you there's said there are a lot of people, many people that were in real estate. I know when we were doing that film uh, about the water crisis, uh, you know, that one neighborhood uh, that had a, uh, their artificial lake or whatever it was was completely dry. Uh, we saw like 12 for sale signs just on one corner. You say that, uh, that uh, you know people are trying to sell their houses and everything. Do you think that's yes. changing with, with this weather that uh, they're having out there now? With this, uh, yes. Uh, we have a little bit of rain going on in San Diego right now, and some rain going up north, which is a God-given blessing to our country. But let me tell you something. The the the, the problem of water is definitely hit San Diego County itself. I'm going to report on what I know and see and feel and walk and visit, you know. I can tell you that there's a lot of farms. Uh, my understanding is from the county that up to 70% of the people are being trucked in water because their water wells are beginning to go down. The, the for sale signs, they're not as bad right now as they were right before the elections. Trump, believe it or not, in my opinion, helped us stabilize our country. And God bless him. I hope he listens to God and blesses our country with his help. But, you know, the economy here in San Diego and the outskirts is you don't see that major type of farming like you used to. You don't have the cattle, the Angus cattle and all that because there's no water. Um, quite frankly, it stopped. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. I just see the water going further and further. There are some lakes out here called Otai Lakes. Uh, they started first draining water from a, there was a three-lake system. 
One was Lake Marina. Lake Marina is just about dry now, or is dry. And that water was being sent to another lake, which, uh, which was Lake Barrett. And that was providing water to Otai Lakes, which is where the U.S. Olympic training grounds are at, where the kayaking and all that stuff here in Southern California. But now, if you drive down, Lake Barrett has run out of water, and they're trying to keep at least a little bit there for fires, etc. But Otai Lakes, if you go along, you can see the bush and, and um, things going down thousands of feet now where it was not at before. So there, there's talk now of moving the U.S. Olympic training ground because that lake will eventually dry up. Well, I, I do have a question now, Mr. X. Uh, what do you make of the fact that I've, I've got a friend down in, oh, where is it? It's outside it's in the Fresno area, and he lives down there, and they've been getting rain like crazy, and yet the state of California has all the dams open. They're running that water out of there. They're not filling up these lakes. They're letting it all run out. What, what do you make of I, that? I was there, uh, I believe it was yesterday, the day before yesterday. I guess it was the day before yesterday, Monday. I, w I went out there to take a look, John and, and Ray, um, out to that same area where I went to, and I spoke to some people down there and observed uh, what was going on. And, yes, uh, they've had some rain come down, but it's one year out of so many years. And, yes, they're able to irrigate their plants and stuff, but, you know, they're pumping the water out of the ground. When me and John were there, we were told that the water, that the land itself, and this is a huge area, is going down a foot to two feet a year the land is, is uh, caving into the ground. The, the, um, yeah, so, you know, that is a fact. We had congressional people that were hiding from us that wouldn't talk to us face-to-face, me and John had to go talk to some people. We talked to, to uh, some young girls, if you can remember, John, that they were telling us these girls were scared. These people were saying our families are going to lose their farms, and we need more water. We need more water. We filmed other people that had trucking businesses and stuff, and they say that the people upstairs who were the, the, the senators and stuff in the state of California at the time, we're saying that um, they're going to stop giving water to the farming communities and send it to the cities. Why? Because that's where the votes are at. The farmers count not. But right. We're, we're, is that not true, John? We, we listen to it yeah, with our that, own eyes. You're, you're, talking, you're talking about the that's true here in, uh, right here in Arizona. Definitely. One, yeah. one day, well, yeah, uh, two feet a year, it's sinking. Uh, where all the fruits and vegetables are growing, and also because there's no aquifer, no aquifer left, and and they have to drill down uh, somewhere time up to three thousand feet. Well, yeah, but and, my and my point is they are having torrential downpours. More yeah, they release the water, Frank, and they're releasing the water rather than capturing it. Yeah, yeah. because it has they, to do with the way it's. They want to control the resources. They say if you can't take the guns away from them, what are they going to do without water? It's total control you know, of, the, of the masses. Frank, just what you said, uh, when you're saying that, Frank, about them releasing the water, I've got a friend of mine that lives up in uh, around Redding, California, and on, around the Sacramento River, and there are some areas out there where the rivers run into the ocean, and there's some type of fish. It's an environmental thing. There's some type of little fish that survives in the ocean but uh, survives around the outlets of the rivers and they are actually just what you said Frank allowing the water the fresh water to run into the ocean 
as opposed to allowing it to fill up in the dams. They, they're they just uh, allowing this water to go out. They're not capturing it with the dams. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the environmentalists. You know, they, they, they'd like to destroy every dam there was and every person in the country to save some little threat-fin shot. So uh, hey, guys, I have uh, what you're We're saying, coming up uh, on the end of the show here. And... Uh, I hope uh, we can have you back on, Mr. X, to find out if you're able to uh, find out about this ISIS uh, drug cartel and maybe put a stop to it somehow. And, Ray, uh, you know, down there where you're at, uh, you know, very dangerous uh, hotspot, Mr. X may chase everybody over to your area. So, and uh, let's hope he can build the wall. Let's hope they can build the wall and and put uh, everything back in place. I'm going to end with a song that... uh, a little interesting, I think. And uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to show you what uh, Trump is facing. I just have something here. In 1998, Kodak had 170,000 employees and sold 85% of all photo paper worldwide. Within just a few years, their business model disappeared and they went bankrupt. What happened to Kodak will happen in a lot of industries in the next 10 years, and most people won't even see it coming. Do you think, did you think in 1998 that three years later you would never take pictures on film again? And be, with the new um, artificial intelligence and everything, uh, it's going to sneak up on you. There'll be cars that will drive themselves. You'll just uh, get it, pick it, uh, have your, pick you up in front, take you home, and you won't even be driving cars anymore. It'll happen that fast. But uh, that's what he's facing. And again, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, go to National Writer Syndicate to find out the show next week. That's nationalwritersyndicate.com. And make sure you listen to Frank Steffen's uh, show here on AVR, American Voice Radio Network, where you're going to hear the truth all the time. And uh, National Writer Syndicate, you're going to read about it. And Mr. X, you stay safe down there. with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.